Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple. To discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss games together. We took a month off of the Debate of Swords shows, but we are coming back with another installment. It's where we pick a topic, such as Mario vs. Sonic, and then we force ourselves to take a stance, even if we don't agree with the stance. We must make a case in service of the prompt, regardless of our personal feelings. So today's topic is probably one of the easiest ones for us to discuss, as it was a massive part of our childhoods for each one of us individually. Today, we are making the case for the PS1 being better than the N64. We are leaving that intentionally vague and broad in order to leave us a lot to discuss. After that, we will be discussing the games that we've been playing, such as God of War Ragnarok, Potionomics, Haiku the Robot, and Dome Keeper. And in rare form, we are going to end the show with a slight news discussion, as we are going to talk about the Mick Gordon and Bethesda debacle that is currently ongoing, as well as the... I see, I see head nodding in the background. I'm sure we'll address that later. Uh, as well show, as hit those Patreon shoutouts. Okay. So before the discussion is underway, let me introduce you to the people that you'll be hearing today. First, my name is Shay Layton, and I will be your host for this episode. Joining me today is a man who told me privately that he is ready for next week. His plan for Thanksgiving is to only eat beans broccoli, and milk at the family dinner. Due to being on a physical fitness journey, he is counting calories. So instead of suffering in silence during this special holiday, he figured he'd spend the holiday cheer, excuse me, he'd spread the holiday cheer via flatulence. Joining me on the show today is Rich Flufferdoodle Meister. Rich, how you doing? Uh, how you doing? Doing all right down here in the, uh, the newsroom. Uh, bring you the latest specs. Uh, is it is it something something happening next week? Yeah, yeah the Mystery Science Theater marathon. Oh, I always look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's good times. Are you, so rich? I know you know we've talked about this privately a lot about your your current physical fitness journey. Are I you going to indulge like a motherfucker next week? Uh, probably not. Not really. <laughs> I mean, what, like, like, I'm not gonna like mm-hmm. be fucking meticulous about it, but I don't plan on like gorging myself. What with food? Uh, yeah. What about alcohol? Um. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> uh, this is not like a defense or be like, I- I'm gonna get drunk. Uh, also probably not, because I mean, I gotta work the next day, and also, um. My tolerance uh, has really gone down mm. since I started working out like crazy. That's good. Um, I this time is a fucking weird thing. Uh, this past circle, I went at the. So I don't know what the fuck I just <laughs> said. <laughs> <laughs> circle. This past. I, I thought. I thought. <laughs> I thought we were. Uh, 
you're in reference to something like my ancestors told me about the 26th (laughs) circle on the south. No, this past weekend, uh, I went upstate for a friend's engagement party, and I got pretty drunk off not a lot of alcohol. Yeah. And the uh, next morning, uh, the, like, interior of my knuckles were bruised. And I was... Uh, I was texting someone about this who informed me, like, yeah, you tried to do a pull-up on the exposed staircase in Sarah and Chris's apartment. And I'm like, how do you even know that? Well, you sent me a video. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the the real question is, did you do the pull-up? Yeah, I did. And it fucking, like, completely bruised the interior of my knuckles because it was not good for gripping. Yeah. Um, Turns out. Yeah, but I did the pull. Well, good job, man. Way to way to uh, finish what you started. Yeah, no, I just, I'm fucking. I'm not a coward. I'm just I'm not, drinking gin all night and being like, I do pull up on that. Everybody move. Yeah. Get out of the way. I got this. <laughs> then I played a bunch of Connect Four. Uh huh. That a boy. I I have one quick question for you before we introduce the other person of the show. Um, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? If you had to pick one. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not only you only eat it at Thanksgiving per se, but like it's a Thanksgiving I like staple. A pumpkin pie. Hmm. Interesting. Why pumpkin? I don't know. Like, it's, just, it's good. It's a good pie. It's a quality pie. Yeah. I don't feel like it gets uh, the appreciation it properly deserves. Thanksgiving feels like a it's time. It's an easy pie to screw to, up, I think. But like done right, yeah. that's a fucking top tier pie. I think that might be why it gets overlooked. The people, a lot of people have had a bad pumpkin pie. But it's also just as easy to come by a good pumpkin pie. Like yeah. a good, I think like a standard, even good, like store-bought pumpkin pie is always solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I do too. And man, I miss pumpkin pie. I also miss... Uh, Pecan pie, yeah, sure. I like a pecan pie. Yeah, that's 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 sweet the direction potato I pie. Had. That's a pretty good pie. Sweet potato potato pie is good. Cherry pie is good. Apple pie is good. Man, I miss them all. I miss pie. Mm-hmm. Pie is good. Yeah, as it turns out. Yeah, well, that's a good choice, Rich. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah, no problem. Well, let's introduce the other person of the show. Also joining me today is a person who spends all year. In anticipation for this holiday, while the preparation can be arduous and prolonged, nothing brings them greater joy than being able to sit down at the table with their beautiful family full of food. And not remembering that this holiday was created off of the near genocide of an entire race of human beings, salivating as they think about the gravy and stuffing that they'll consume. Please welcome to the show, Josh. Stuffer, I hardly knew her. Fowler. Mm-hmm. Oh, like sex. Yeah, yeah. The party meme. But the guy in the corner has a, a, a buckle hat, and he says, they don't know we're going to kill them next year. Yeah. Class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a cartoon for all ages. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, how you, you doing? Don't, don't you love verbally describing a meme? I do. An audio format podcast? That's the yes. best. It's like it's like when something gets posted to TikTok that gets reposted on Reddit that gets reposted on Twitter that yep. finds its way onto Facebook. That's exactly. pretty much what posted we just as did. a text description on Imager. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but no, how you doing, Josh? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. This um, week's been better. 
Yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit quieter. Because um, mm. it kind of has to, since, you know, last week kind of... Was the shit show that it was. Was a, a, a shit show, and then B, also used up the rest of our money, so we can't actually go out to do anything anymore, so it's... it's Welcome to my world. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't you love that? Don't you love just garbage life circumstances mm, okay. that, that then steal your money as well? That's the best way to do yeah, it. right? Savings? What's that? Mm, exactly. I, I, I literally don't know. I don't either. Uh-huh. As it turns out, a lot of other people do as well. I, yeah. I mean, they, they, know, they know the feeling of not knowing what savings is. It's like when I'm doing well and I'm well-rested and I go to my therapist and I'm like, I feel great. I've been feeling good the past few days. And she's like, you know, people normally feel that way. And I'm like, don't fucking lie to me. Like, why are you, why are you wasting your time with this? Like, oh, people are happy? Fuck you, Cheryl. Uh-huh. Yeah, what kind of name is Cheryl? What? Yeah, exactly. Like, what's your fucking deal? I come here and share every week. What's going on with yeah. you? Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. Well, if your name is Cheryl, Cheryl. A therapist is a pretty good uh, profession for you. That's so not. You, so you can hear about how, you know, at least other people are also fucked up. That's true. Yeah. I just want everyone to know that my therapist's name is not Cheryl. I didn't call out my therapist on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Her name is Calliope. Yes. Definitely. Kratos' daughter is my therapist. You know, Calliope th- sounds like an astrologist's name more than a therapist's name, right? It sounds like the name of a girl from ancient Greece. My name's a- Calliope! I Calliope! My stomach hurts! <laughs> my dad's a god of war! He's gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> Oh, there has to be some edit somewhere of Atreus with that voice. We need it. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. Come on, internet. Do your thing. Do your thing. Um, That's me wishing desperately to the universe for that to happen. Just do it quietly next time. It's an audio show. You're you're disturbing people. (laughs) Yeah, usually. Usually. Are you crying again? Can you do that quietly next time? <laughs> go, Jesus Christ with this guy. <laughs> like a really bad, like a really bad therapist. Sniffling is sniveling. I'm like, you really shouldn't talk to me like that. And she's like, ah, our time's up. <laughs> what are you doodling over there? No, it's just you. Complaining. <laughs> the waiter shouldn't talk to you like that. Yeah, he shouldn't. Oh, uh, fuck. That's good. That's good stuff. Well, Josh, I, I know we've talked about this many times in the past, but, you know, just to refresh my memory and everyone else's, if you had to pick one Thanksgiving dish, what would you pick? Um, the green bean casserole. Mmm. The classic. Yeah, 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 that's, that, that's one of those, uh... More like green bean cast her whole. Not tried casting yet. <laughs> I might, I might... <laughs> Oh, when Rich says it, you'll run with it. But if I say a joke like that, you guys stare at me. I almost infinity. typed it out, but I was like, this would be funny. Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, it was funny. I admit it. But like when you make the green bean casserole, Josh, do you put the the fried French onions on the top? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you got to yeah. get that crunch. 
Yeah, and the directions on there tell you to not put the ones on top until near the end. Don't listen. Put put those ones on top on there from the beginning so they crisp up yep. even more. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 And it like if you're if you're worried about the um like the paper and the aluminum that the can goes in, you can just buy some crickets um you know, freeze dry them and then put that on top and then cook them. Also, usually I remove them from the can before I add them to the dish. That also Yeah, I I, 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 don't, I find I don't. the can openers help. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Nah, is nah. our can opener still a thing? Is anyone buying something that needs a can opener? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Alright, whatever. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Fucking New Yorkers. <laughs> we, just, we just open our cans on the subway tracks. <laughs> you, you, just, you just lean it down and a rat just gnaws at it with its teeth I until it opens sta- up. I just hold it on the tracks and the F train opens my cans for me. Uh. Little Nikki says, I'll open this in the deep... Oh, wait. I'll open this in the deep south. That wasn't, that wasn't a bad impression. Yeah. <laughs> that was all right. That was all right. Like, you corrected yourself yeah, at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I turned it around there. You, we were about, you turned it around. Yeah, yeah. We were poised to shit on you. I was that ready was... to fucking tear you to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> For that cult classic that everyone remembers so fondly. <laughs> yeah, that movie that, like, definitely holds up. <laughs> I do. I too love Tithead. But, okay, so uh, right after this, we're gonna be doing a chopping after dark on Little Nicky. <laughs> we absolutely should. <laughs> I'm adding that to our list. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I don't give a shit. I have no yeah, self-respect. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Journalist. we should do for the Thanksgiving. Let's do a, a chopping after dark on Little Nicky. Yes. <laughs> oh well, there you go. That's how. That's how. Uh, that's how things happen here at uh, mm-hmm. Zorchomp. Absolutely, I'm dead serious, but we'll talk about that. I have after to, yeah, show. no, I'm listening. Yeah. We've committed. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're getting to see how the spam is made. That's right. <laughs> then I the, show up uh, and say something like, I didn't actually have time to watch the movie, but I did read the Wikipedia plot summary, so let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got me through all uh, of high school. Cliff Notes, baby, Cliff Notes. Yep. Don't you like that? You guys remember that? Like, yeah. k- kids these days don't know what that's like, but like when you were in junior notes. high school and high school and you had to read a book. And... But you were like, what if I don't want to? I'm too busy yeah, doing drugs. And you're like, I-, I can't be bothered. So you'd go to a bookstore and they had, the, uh, there were two different types. There were spark notes and cliff notes. Yeah. And basically they would sum up the main themes and the point of the, uh, the chapter. And so instead of reading like 30 to 40 pages, you'd read one page and it would include all the main points. So you'd walk into class the next day during the discussion phase of the reading of the book and you'd act like you knew what you were talking about. And the, the, the cool thing was you'd say things like twice. You'd be you like raise your hand and answer two questions or say two poignant things. And then you just fade into the background and your job mm-hmm. is done. You'd know everything you needed to know about Boo Radley. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> I mean, now mm-hmm. now there's just the internet to do that for you, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. The, I think YouTube is kind of taking the place of Cliff Notes at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah YouTube is a great sense. resource for that too, and like, yeah, we should not just flood l- the internet with fake summaries of books that kids read in high school. Yeah, actually, you know, it's probably not even needed at this point. Um, since it, uh, 
I mean, they haven't been making it in years, but they're all still on there of, uh, um, what is it? A thug's guide. What's yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the, I, um, shit, what's the name of that channel? What I want to do anyway. actually is this is a good idea for a channel we should work on. Um, it's a book summaries channel, but we never actually read the books. It's like, we're like, all right, so the book we're doing today is to kill a mockingbird. And I've never read To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. but I was told this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is pretty close. So let's talk about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would like that in principle. The, the bad news is that half the books that we read in high school are banned in the U.S. And are based on episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Also true. That's true. Or Star Trek ep Next Gen episodes are based off of it, rather. Y nope. Vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did a two-part episode those authors called got Time's the Arrow idea. with Data and Freak, Freak the Mighty is based Guinan on an episode on of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Guys, don't even get me started. I will nerd out on Star Trek. Did you know, I, I, I'm sorry to derail us on this. I just want to mention this really quick because I think it's a really interesting and really derail. insane. insane. Uh, on we were never on rails. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys know the Stallone movie Cobra? No. I know, I know the, the cover of it from the... Okay, the video store it, you growing don't, up. You don't need you don't need to know the movie. It's not yeah. that good of a movie. Okay. You just need to know it know exists. that yes, that this movie is based off of a book. Wow. Stallone loosely. Stallone wrote the script treatment for Cobra. He then this fucking man tried to posit that they should republish the book and With give his... him credit as a co-author. Oh, to which the author was like, "No." I mean, if I too got eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I would want to be the author. He tried to get credit for writing a book that was already written. Wow, that wow. Not surprised. I mean, that He's sounds my ridiculous. Hero. But then they had those versions of the Lord of the Rings with the movie pictures on the covers. So, like yeah. you know. But that's not, it's not that like Peter Jackson there. asked for an author credit on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He didn't. By the way, that is based on Fair Game by Paula Gosling. Um, yes. In case yes. anybody's interested. Uh -huh. in that. I only knew that because I looked it up. Yeah. Clearly. But let's get into the topic. Let's let's get into Good the to video Paula game Gosling stuff. for standing her ground. Yeah. Good job, Paula. To, to that little, little man. Yeah. <laughs> that. That fucking Italian stallion that he is. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Stallion, but you know. Yeah. Italian. Yeah. The, the, Ita but, no, the Italian uh, hobby horse. So, I mean, the, the debate of swords kind of explained it in the intro. If, if you've listened to us for a little while, you've heard us do one of these episodes. One of us may actually feel like the N64 is objectively better than the PS1, but... They, whoever that is, I don't know if anybody feels that way. They still have to argue in case of the PS1 being better than the N64. So, uh, Rich, I'm going to let you start off with. <coughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't realize you're <laughs> I didn't mean to trip you up. No. Um, I'm going to let you make the first case for why sure. the PS1 is better than the N64. Okay. Um, I actually feel like this is a pretty easy uh, case to make, and the the fact of the matter is, the proof is in the pudding, gentlemen. 
No mm. one is shitting on the N64. The N64 is great. It's got great, uh, you know, games that are platform specific. The proof that the PS1 is better is any game that is on the PS1 and the N64. Uh, top contenders are like Mortal Kombat 3, Resident Evil 2, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. When no, I, I can't. I can't legally say anything because of the prompt. Okay. Um, so, so, so I fully intend to ignore episode one, Pod Racer. Okay. That, yeah, that game doesn't exist. That, I never heard of it. Yeah, no, um, yeah it's not. That's not for real. the most part. Any games that are pl- not platform specific, there's like a PS1 version and an N64 version. If someone comes up to you. And they're like, oh, I found my old copy of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And you're like, that's so yep. sick. Let's fire it up. And they're like, for the N64. And you're like, oh, you didn't say it was the bad I, one. I, I have something going on that day. I meant right now. Yeah. This, this day. I'm, I'm late. I'm so busy. No, I will not play <laughs> Resident Evil 2 for the N64 with you. I have to go punch myself in the dick for an hour instead. Mm-hmm. But didn't you just come over and tell your mom you're staying over tonight? I didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Um... <laughs> I have to go. She home. just dropped you off. She's not coming to pick you up until tomorrow, Rich. I don't know. We need. To, I thought we were gonna play GoldenEye with two N64 controllers like this. This is great in an audio format. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I love visual gags on this show. Uh, it's because I hate the listeners. That's why I do it. Yeah, uh, uh, that's fair. That's rude. Yeah, but yeah, like that. That's just it, right? Like whenever there's not a, games that are specifically tuned for the N64 are. Mwah, they're fucking magnifique. But if it is made multi-platform, it is always better on the PS1. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I would actually agree with that wholeheartedly because I never once got excited to play like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 on the N64. Or Wouldn't it be more fun to go fall down the stairs? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Especially mm-hmm. if you're like padded up, you got bubble wrap on. Yeah, that could be a good you're, time, honestly. Maybe that was old. a bad example. That could be fun. You get in a laundry basket. Yep. Yeah. That shit was fun. Yeah. When bones were more pliable. Yeah, yeah, I can regrow those. Well, what you do is everybody always makes the mistake is they tense up and they break something. You gotta hang loose. Yep. That's why, like, the minute you know you're getting in a car accident, go limp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I do. I yeah. hang loose. I hang loose. I hang loose, bruh. <laughs> Again, audio podcast. Exactly. Yeah. People love but, that. Shaka no, bra. Shaka bra. Um, no, I think that's a great case there. Um, I'll start off with my first case and then we'll throw it to Josh. There was something so much more yeah, night. There was something so much more pleasing about opening up the disc tray, putting the PS1 disc in. Hearing that little snap as it goes into place, not that the disc is breaking, but the little to let you know the disc is properly set in the disc tray. Oh, yeah. You you close it and then you press that power button and to hear the PS1 startup music or audio, whatever you want to call it. Oh, every time that yep. was just it gives you chills and it, it got you ready. Do you guys remember ooh, back at the, the anniversary of the PS1, they put out a PS4 theme where uh, it makes the PS1 startup noise when you start your PS4. So good. Yep. Yes. 
They need yes. to put that out for the PS5, like now. They're, yeah, they, they do. do. They really do. Yeah, uh, and like to, to its credit, um, with the N64, the the cartridges they were cumbersome and they were kind of outdated. I don't want to say outdated, but they were not the best technology on the market at the time. They didn't scratch like the PS1 discs, which was a huge problem back yeah. then. Those were those are some soft discs. Those, uh, yeah, those were easy to ruin. They um, were, and I sure did, buddy. But yeah, but those discs, it like, it's a, it's a weird thing to say, but to see like the little art on the discs, um, and to see like the title of the disc and everything, it was that was even cool to see. You know the the little title of like Final Fantasy VII and the artwork on the disc and the fact that there was so much more, um storage on those discs so yeah more could be done with those discs in theory not necessarily saying more is better in all cases but in some cases more was better yeah yeah frankly the frankly my dear i don't give a damn i don't know what's happening to me today yeah something yeah you're all full of beans over there Um, i don't think i've eaten beans in months anyway andrew why did you eat beans uh oh jeez I love that you think that's a show. That that also doesn't exist. That that thing that you well, keep referencing. Well, it's 1995. Anyway, but no, the the storage available on the PS1 mm. really did allow the medium to move forward, right? In some really cool ways, um, especially with the storytelling, um, like the. Um, variety of stories on the PS1 is still nearly unmatched. Um, uh, just because they did, they had so much more storage than anyone. Like this is, this is coming off the heels of 32-bit systems that had. I can't remember. I can't remember the largest um, file size they were allowed to have there, but it was, it was low. I think like maybe. I'd I'd have to look this up. I I, I think it's only a, only a few megabytes. I'm not sure the exact max size because I know they had larger storage later on, but it was not a lot. Um, mm. so they were coming off of very restrictive limits to the PS one, right. and then that storage space freed them up to do some really cool stuff. Um, I mean. Probably one of my favorite examples is um, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, just how a great the music was because they had such a cool, cool score to go with that. And then on top of that, you had so much audio that you had just hours and hours and hours of recorded dialogue in that game. Mm. High quality recorded dialogue. That was absolutely not a given at the time. Oh, certainly it not. Was, it was much more a given that your game audio was going to be laughably bad. Like God intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, like that kind of really started shifting expectations of what voice acting in gaming could be. Yeah. For starters, that it could be a thing. No, yeah, that it could be a thing at all. 
and then that it could be that good. And that that doesn't happen on the N64. Um, no. The, the, the few games that have voice acting are still using ridiculously compressed voice lines, and few of them, for space reasons. Hmm. Space. Yeah. I mean, those, those are great points, absolutely. I mean, the, the storytelling... <clears throat> excuse me. The storytelling on some of those PS1 games was unmatched. And I, I think that brings yeah. us to another re- really good point, is that um, while there are some timeless classics on the N64 um, in terms of their games, I think... Yeah, I think I feel comfortable making the statement, to be honest with you, because I do truly feel this way, even if um, not not everyone can agree. I do think think that the catalog of PS1 exclusive games is comparable, if not better than the N64. Uh, At the very least comparable, and it does the non-platform specifics better, which is a huge leg up. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, just to go through, a, like, a, a list of some of them, like, I don't necessarily like all of these games. I'm just going through the list to give you guys um, some of the games. Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy VII, Resident Evil 2, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which, that one was not on the N64, right? The first one was, but not the second one. I, uh, I feel like Pro Skater 2 came to the N64. I can't remember if it did or not, because I think that I'm, was so close to the end yeah it was 2000 when that one came out probably not no pro skater 2 150 percent came to the n64 okay it did okay well exclude that one tekken 3 well you also said resident evil 2 which also came to the n64 well we ignore that one uh crash bandicoot warped um silent hill pa rapa the rapper oddworld abe's odyssey tomb raider spiral the dragon vagrant story Time Crisis, Twisted Metal 2, Final Fantasy Tactics. I Ape mean, Escape. Ape Escape. Tenchu, Stealth Assassins. Uh, Josh's favorite game. Uh-huh. I just, Pepsi uh, Man. I, it just came to my attention that they made a Wii Tenchu game that I'd never seen before, but eBay was like, hey man, you want to buy this shit? I'm like, yeah, totally. I've got $4. I do, eBay. Thank you. Yeah. I've never heard of this thing, but I absolutely want the $4 Tenchu game for the Wii. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that shit? Exactly. I can think of a few reasons. Well, tell me another time, goddammit. I haven't had sanity for a long time. I I don't know what the other reason would be, but... Yeah, what's the alternative? WarioWare Smooth Moves. There you go. Now that's a game. Oh, yeah. That's a Wii game. Hmm. But there, there were so many good PS1 games, and there are a bunch I didn't even name, yeah. to be honest with, with you. The, the storytelling in some of those is incredible and influenced games today, like Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid are two of the big ones, story-wise, that really influenced yeah. how storytelling has been done for generations of gaming. Mm-hmm. Rich, what's another point that you have about the PS1? The N64 uh, did not allow you to put your cartridges in a CD player and listen to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Which is a major point against it. I tried. I tried for yeah. the sake of this podcast on the way home from work. I had an N64 cartridge. I had an N64 cartridge for uh, Mario Kart 64, and I was trying to get it into my uh, 
to my Walkman, and it just wouldn't go. Try, I tried that, everything I could. I did the science. It's not possible. Like, it's something that now, if you were to tell, like, Generation Z about, they would be like, well, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But back then, it was, it was mind-blowing that you could do that. Yep, it was important. It was. It was important. It was kind of trippy that you could actually do that. But, um, no, I, like, kind of offshoot of that not a lot of games did this but some of the some of the not games a lot of games did, did what i just said either but that's true did. that's true but yes a few the ps1 also played with that disc technology with a few games uh specifically monster rancher is the one that franchise is the one that comes to mind where when you would uh put discs in the disc tray you could actually generate monsters from the cd code and so you would open the disc tray, it would freeze the game data on the on the console, and then you'd put another disc in, presumably a CD, because that was the technology at the time, and or other video games from the PS1, and it would generate monsters in the game. And that was that was kind of like the technology at play there, and they were kind of messing around with it. That's something that or like Vib Ribbon, which we talked about on the show before. Yeah. Yes. That's another good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, the N64 had their own ways of kind of playing around with their technology, but they didn't quite play with the cartridges, the actual core game uh, vessel. Would that be the right word? Packaging? I don't know. Um, quite like the PS1 did. And that's yeah. such a minute thing, but it's one I want to point out because that, that's one that was particularly special to me. Yeah, I know. It's fucking Tokyo Drift. What about those controllers, guys? Uh, the PS1 controller, the DualShock is better than the N64 controller, but like, so would a piece of plywood with some nails sticking out of it. Yeah, would also be better. But I, 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 I can't actually give this one to the PS1 because for yeah. almost the entire life span of that console, to. they it's were the forced to. Uh, make sure the games would play with the original yeah, analogless yeah. controller. It is unfortunate that the dual, except, yeah. for, except for when they weren't in games like Ape Escape. Yes, yeah, and, and that was great whenever you were actually able to take advantage of the controller. It's a good controller, mm. but because of the nature of the original release uh, controller with, without an analog stick, um, they were kind of hamstrung with, with, you know... The, the the same thing that we see with the last couple generations of oh we've got a new version of the controller or, or of the the console that has more power we can't actually use it because uh, the, you know then we're not sure the game will work on the base system so it was a similar sort of thing for a lot of that PS1 life cycle mm. whenever they were able to do stuff with it it was great it just sadly was not enough games took advantage of that controller because it was really good yeah yeah i honestly i even think the base ps1 controllers was better than the n64 controller if i'm being honest with you well it's, it's made not... for a person with normal human hands right. i mean the base controller is just a you know a mad cat's super nintendo controller so yeah pretty much pretty much i like yeah. that better than the n64 controller personally mm -hmm. but um yeah it, it was it's kind of crazy to think about like 
during the life cycle of the PS1 that they were able to improve the controller that quickly, so much so that it is still kind of the basic model of the PS controller to this day. I mean, they they always fine tune it. Yeah. They they you know they figure out the hand the perfect hand curvature and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the overall shape has gotten better, but then they've added stupid shit like that touchpad for the last couple gens that they'll find a reason for that dear lord i can never get the map to open on god of war because that map is a pain is it supposed to do that it's i just go to the menu and tab over you're supposed to be able to hit the left side of the trackpad whenever you're pulling it up and it's supposed to go to the map that happens maybe one out of ten times for me Hmm. well that's something we'll discuss later because sure sorry sorry but i was just just thinking because Again, showing how they had it right the first time. Just put a second button there. Give, give me select back, you cowards. We don't need mm-hmm. a single button that takes up 30% of the controller. Yeah, I want my select back. Yeah. But that, that controller is still the, the main model. Yeah. Of Speaking the of, controller there is no select on the N64 controller. They fucking missed the mark. There is. They it's did. inside of it. Oh. You didn't know about that? <laughs> well there's a penis inside of you did you know that i did consent is God. important shay <laughs> that Hope is you true. your lesson that is true that is no laughing matter that is a 100 percent true consent is important but no the controller i think was such a call huge me impotent? <laughs> was such, such, such a no, huge he, he called you up. an imp in a tent same thing really yeah yeah. Um, what else about the PS One was really great? I man, what I, else? What else? <laughs> that is kind of what we're doing there. No, I feel like a lot of the games for the PS One were more for all ranges of audiences. Where Nintendo games, the Nintendo sixty four games, primarily cater to younger audiences. Primarily. And there's a, eh. there are some exceptions, like we mentioned Resident Evil was on there, Nightmare Creatures was on there, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Golden Yeah, I think this is one of those reasons you told your friends at school at the time that didn't actually exist, because, like, the first party titles, yeah, they're more kid stuff, but also the first party titles for the PlayStation are next to non-existent. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't, like... People then at that, play- at that era, yeah, at, in like that it, era, and yeah, they they you know kept collecting Silent IPs Hill is, after that. Is a big one though. Silent Hill is a big one. That one was uh, on the PlayStation, and that's obviously yeah not catered towards uh, children. Um, and I, I understand that, that Resident huh? Resident Evil was on both consoles, but hardly that was very campy. But it was only playable on one of them. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Right. So I mean, I do think that there were on average more mature titles per se or titles that let me reword that titles that cater to all age ranges of audiences because like even final fantasy 7 was a game i tried playing when i was eight years old couldn't play it very well had to wait a few years um until i could actually play it and understand it and at least begin to understand some of the deeper themes that were happening in that. And you could take that as seven, eight or nine final fantasy. Any one of those games, um, the strategy involved in those games too, required a bit of an older player, so to speak. I, I, I 
on average, I believe. So you needed more reading I, comprehension because they had the storage space to put a few novels on that machine. <laughs> yeah, Barrett's. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read that, but no, I I think that there was just that that console was trying to get all audiences in. Where if you bought the N sixty four, I I don't think the average. 30-year-old at that time was playing that console, which I mean... I don't think the average 30-year-old was playing anything at that point. Except for Myst, because that was the best-selling game. Or (laughs) Depression! For a couple decades there. Right. Yeah, you you might have a point there. But I I don't know. I feel like that PS1 definitely catered to all age ranges. Um, And just folks! Yeah, just folks. Just Uh us folks. Um, and some of the, uh, no, wait, that's, that's a point for N64. I don't know why I was thinking that. I was like, some of those console designs, like the colors, I was like, oh wait, that's N64. I don't know why I thought I was relating that to PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. It Hmm. comes in any color you want, as long as you want gray. (laughs) And I did. Yep. We loved having gray electronics in the 90s. The fuck was wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, like the 80s were... Well, I, I can't say that. Like, even the 80s, because, like, the SNES yeah, was no. gray. I yeah. feel like we have this misconception of the 80s that, like, media has made. That, like, everything was colorful and bright, but it was fucking not. No, uh-huh. it's true. The Sega Genesis was that sleek well, Yeah, map. we still had, no, we still that, had that plenty of wood-paneled stuff. From from prior generations, still sticking around, but all your electronics are the perfect color to get damaged by cigarette smoke. Exactly. Let's blow cigarette smoke directly on them for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that'd be kind of a fun topic. Is like talking about console design and yeah. like color and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I've actually had to do. A I guess I just don't see through that lens on those old things. I've actually, I just got a Dreamcast recently that's very yellow that I'm gonna have to go. That yeah, that, that one also needs a deep cleaning to get rid of all that cigarette. Josh, smoke. How do you even Josh approach is standing clean- over it, cleaning it, smoking a cigarette, smoking another cigar? <laughs> yeah, 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 smoking. You a need, su- need that stogie. fresh patina patina on there. This thing just won't come clean. Just to see, like chomping away. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, how do you? I even, don't get it. How do you even clean that, like that yellow discoloration off of there? Um, you've got a couple options. Magic erasers, those, those, uh, mm. um, what, whatever the Mister Clean Magic erasers are yeah. pretty good at getting a lot of that stuff, especially if you're getting off. the finer corners and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that 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 takes care of a lot of it. But you've got a couple options that are slightly more harsh that you've got to be careful with if you really need to get stuff clean. Right. But yeah. That's fair. Well, back to back to the topic at hand, I will say like on back on the topic of games that I definitely think not just um the main party titles, but just the sheer library PS1 fucking dwarfs the N64. Yeah. By a sizable margin. Yeah. And like, I think a lot o- of that had to do with... Over 3,000 games to 300 for the N64. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the the discs, like we were talking about before. 
A, mm. they're good for storage, but I, I, frankly, I don't think most people give a shit about the actual storage on there so much as they cost nothing to produce. Whereas so you've got just way more, you know, profit per unit. Proprietary N64 cards were fucking, like, think to, to specific games and how things varied on memory usage and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, I've definitely brought this up on the show before. People like to argue, like, games are so expensive now. Bro, Donkey Kong 64 was, like, $90 at launch. Yeah. Yeah, and it had that special rumble pack thing that if you lost, no, you had no, to buy that No, no, it's an expansion shitty. pack. The expansion oh, sorry, pack, expansion yeah. pack, sorry. It's, it's, I it's bought additional... that from Majora's Mask, I believe, was the yeah. first game I purchased that for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a RAM upgrade for yeah. the N64. Is what it was. So you can and certain mm. games could not be played without it. Yeah, yes, yeah. so you can hold more in memory. Yeah, and Majora's Mask among the two most notable. Yes, mm. that's fair. I mean, speaking speaking on that too, like price. If we're comparing that, if we're being objective, yeah, um, there was no like PS One was better than N sixty four in this case. Well, games cost the same same amount, except for the, for the um um. The greatest hits editions. That's true. That that because is that is yes. Not you know, about a year after release, almost as a rule, if a game was selling well enough to print again. It went green label, yeah, and it yeah, was cheaper. Yeah, they'd they'd make a green label version of it, greatest hits, and it usually cost about twenty bucks ish. Yeah. What give or take. I, I as I was gonna finish that the thought of that, I was gonna say right when they first come out. They yes. are the same. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but launch, not always. That's like generally, generally, not always, but generally, they're comparable. Like the, the, the comparable, yes. But N sixty four had more room to be more expensive because of that specific thing I just referenced. With mm-hmm. yeah, those cards true. were expensive, and depending on the memory, sometimes you would get a very expensive N sixty four game. Particularly yes. RPGs uh, mm. tended to be more expensive, and Donkey yep. Kong uh, sixty four, which was a huge game, was considered yeah, a, a huge game, and then B. I don't know if they even ever made a version without that expansion pack. I, I think you had to buy the expansion pack with it. I, I can't remember. I already had the expansion pack from uh, Majora's Mask, but I think okay. I bought that game pre-owned from like a Funko Land or something. It could have been that, because I, I remember that game. I don't remember. I'm sure, I'm sure they made I a version without it. I definitely bought it but, without it, but it yeah. might have been that I was buying a pre-owned copy from like a Funko Land like yeah, a year yeah. or two down the line. Yeah, yeah, because mm. I, I, I remember buying that new with the pack um so i already had it for majora's mask but anyway yeah yeah it it is it is a specific point Mm -hmm. but um in terms of the games itself too i think in general first person games seem to thrive better on the playstation than the n64 i think they sucked on both of them we hadn't figured that out yet yeah first person was pretty terrible on both no 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 not not fp oh you mean like first party single player i'm sorry single player that's single player the... all right all right okay okay sorry i i worded that wrong I my like fault and i yes yes first person sucked on both consoles i'm sorry okay. single player okay games thrived a little bit better on the ps1 in general whereas I like th- if, if we're if we're being honest like i think multiplayer games objectively I mean, the N64 better on the did N64? multiplayer better, yeah. Just because yes, of... but I think that PS1 definitely did single player. Fuck games. the multi tab. <laughs> That's true. Eh, I don't really see how it's an advantage. 
other than just but, having I mean, like, more games. I well, think the sheer I don't even think of it's, it. I don't even think it's it did it better. It just had more. Yeah, there's just single player. Yeah, games. exactly. Um, yeah, just just by virtue of what we talked about before, there's just by so virtue many more of sheer games. numbers. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're we're arguing for the PS One, so clearly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It had more. It had more. It's better. All right, whatever, man. But speaking of that multi-tap. Um, that was like, it was a pain in the ass to get one of those, but that did allow for up to eight player multiplayer to happen, which Four. is something. That, hmm? Four. No, up to eight. What fucking game supported eight players in the PlayStation one? Well, let me research it. Give me a second, but I know that it trying allowed... to think of anything that would even remotely. It sounds terrible. Like maybe, maybe some micro machines game or something. I'll look it up and I'll get back to you, but I do know... Because I can't think of a single eight-player game on that thing. Yeah, gotcha. nor can I. Or why you would want that. Because okay. that, that gives them four pixels apiece at that uh, <laughs> player count. Yes. Uh, there were... Let's see. I two... guess if you're using two multi-taps, yeah, but why would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to do that? a real question uh sports games was the main one that uh, was yeah yeah the, if you're already sharing the same screen if you're playing a top-down football game sure why not yeah i guess that makes sense i guess so i yeah. was just thinking of Crash yeah you Bash, could you could play basketball game. and only have one ai player per team all right mm. all right <laughs> yeah i've made my case about the <laughs> no, I haven't. And now you have to lie in it. <laughs> Hot. But are there any other? Oh, I guess visuals. I mean, we talked about a little bit about specs, I, but the visuals I, on the. P- I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That that's maybe that's, just let that one go. Yeah. I we're yeah. We've, we've done an awful lot of trying to ignore cases that disprove our rule. I think nothing. Graphics this era looks good. Let's just move on. I think yeah. Man, because the don't graphics know. are pretty dog shit on the PS1 compared to the N64. Depends just, on the game, really. It didn't have the RAM to run anything, which is why that... That is true. That N64 that version of Pod Racer is so much better, because you can see the track. Shut up. You're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, I, I know, but like I'm just saying, like, the graphics are probably one we don't want to head down, because that's there are too many cases that disprove this yeah. point. Listen, here's all I have to say. And this is uh, for a former co-host of ours. Polygonal boobies of Lara Croft from Tomb Raider outshines anything. What are you turned on by the shape of a triangle? I don't understand. Well, a triangle's 2D. Fucking get this geometry bitch out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Lara Croft will not get out of here. She'll stay here. Mm -hmm. She's stuck. Wedged in there with those polygonal (laughs) Wedged in those polygons. (laughs) She's stuck in there just like that T-Rex. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, I think there was... Honestly, I do think there was some visually striking incredible games. I mean, I, I get your guys' point about the, the polygons early on being yeah. pretty rough, but then you I consider... I also think Final Fantasy Tactics looks great. Let's exactly. move on. Yes, yeah. I was going like, to say Final it, Fantasy yeah. Eight looks really good. Well, again, the, one, the games that are taking advantage of the storage space look good. All the pre-rendered games. 
That is true. Because yes. you can store more pre-rendered shit. Yes. And so if I had pre-rendered backgrounds, it looked great. But those aren't graphics so much as a playmat. Must move quickly for joke. Yeah. Anyway. And some of those, some of those, like we said, are great. And, and, and again, I think, <sighs> frankly, a lot of the... I do love that. I, I still can't believe that that horrible version of Final Fantasy VIII came out. And Anyway. Um, yeah. I think the limitations on that PS1 really led to some really cool stuff. Like we're, like we're talking about with, like, Vibribbon. It's a, it's a rhythm game that had, like, two tracks on the actual game, but because they were able... Basically, because the discs are so slow to read from, you had to have all the code for the game running in memory already, mm. which is why you could do the disc switching stuff. That's um, true. Which led to some really cool stuff. Like, oh, if the whole game is saved in memory at this point, you can put in another music track, you know, different CD and, and play to that. That's such a cool idea. And we got a bunch of neat stuff like that with RPGs that were on more than one disc with... Mm. Stuff like we were talking about before, Silent Hill, render, you know, fog to hide render distances were a major thing back in this generation. More so on that PS1, but because of that, some people took advantage of it. Like, okay, we've got to have all this fog in there. What, what can we do to make this part of the atmosphere? Um, hmm. And some of those unique restrictions led to some really creative stuff. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like, mean that's a fair point. Yeah. So it's kind of. Anyway. Yeah, I. Yeah. If 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 you're talking about pre-rendered stuff, PS One could have a leg up. If you're not talking about pre-rendered. Yeah, yeah. Because well, no, like period, it had a leg up. Uh, texture space. There was more room to save those textures. Mm. on the ps1 which is why a lot of people are like oh it looks better it looks better if you've got exactly two things on screen they can have higher you know resolution textures on them like uh, yeah. this is this is something um it's funny um there's been a discussion lately about why the stick looks different in ocarina of time compared to majora's mask Mm. even though it's oh it's just an asset flip it's got the same thing well it turns out the texture for it was accidentally overwritten by some code that then changed between games and so the color brown of the texture of that stick changed because there's new code written there um because there just wasn't even room to have the beautiful, texture beautiful for mistake. this stick um yeah so like it, yeah anyway um, you had code butting up against code. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There was absolutely no storage space on that thing. So the textures could be better on the PS1 by a decent well, bit. So what I'm hearing is, like, I think you did a really good, like, breakdown and explanation of all that, Josh, and I appreciate it. But what I I'm hearing is okay. that yeah. the PS1 was better, and that's what I like to hear. Exactly. Yeah. That's, no. that's all I heard. That's exactly. All well, I mean... I mean it, the, I talked about this last week about how both consoles had <clears throat> strengths and weaknesses and a lot of people wanted to just pretend it was all one way or the other. Um, and frankly, a lot of devs wanted to just ignore it um, mm. and just try to port these games 
identically on both machines. Right. Which is why a lot of times they just were horrible on one version. Or on, yeah. on, on one console, rather. Um, instead of, you know, doing something interesting with the restraints. Mm. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I could see it being like one way or not. I can see it both being the case is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Words hard. But yeah. since that's not what we're doing here, PS1 was better. And um, anyways, <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I can't really think of anything else. Um, I, I guess, I guess the last, mm, I can't, never mind. I can't make, you know, you know what? No, I can make that case as flimsy and as shitty as those jewel cases for the PS1 were, I do think that they were somehow better than the boxes of the N64. Well, I mean, they weren't cardboard, so you, you had that They weren't cardboard, and they weren't as massive as those cases were either. Well, I don't think the massive part had as much to do with it, because I, I think they were supposed to be disposable on the N64 side of things i think i think they just assumed you were going to throw them away back mm. then uh because it, it really wasn't i mean what they had they had cardboard boxes all the way through the game boy advance like they they, they switched to regular cases for the gamecube mm. before then but like they were they were doing that cardboard you know box business for much longer than everybody else and just assuming you'd throw it away right afterwards Right. Um, so yeah, it was nice having anything protecting your game, as opposed to the box you're gonna throw away if you had an N64 game. Right. Um. That yeah, and I I don't know. I personally I like the the PS1 cases better, but like also keeping into account that like like you're saying, it probably was a case where they were supposed to be disposed of. At least I but think like, so, because, I mean, the, the, mm. the N64 cartridges didn't need as much protection as one of the most easily scratchable objects humanity has ever created. Yeah, right. just the PS1 disc. did not need a case. They, yeah. It was not necessary. That's yeah. true. And in, in terms of, like, collecting both of those, they're both a pain in the ass to collect, like, as a, like, new thing, because... Oh, yeah. Because nobody... those jewel cases. Yeah. Keeping those jewel cases pristine is tough, but keeping those cardboard boxes pristine is even tougher. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's almost impossible at this yeah. point, right? Especially considering, like we were saying, all the cigarette smoke you had to dodge at the time that that cardboard wasn't making it through there. Doomed to fail. Not. Yeah, doomed to fail. But I like this is the one thing I will absolutely give N sixty four credit for because I think this supersedes the the spirit of the debate is that it the cardboard was much more eco-friendly than the jewel cases yeah that is like anytime i can make an eco make an eco case to the chagrin of everybody i'm going to make it i i i doubt they were eco-friendly overall because you would have needed you know the actual boards Hmm. on those cartridges so so the mining involved is probably outweighed <laughs> pro- probably question. outweighs that cardboard is what i'm saying oh yeah yeah 
But if we're just looking strictly at a packaging standpoint, nothing else, then sure. Uh Sure, it is more eco-friendly. Yeah, bring bring your own box so they can put the game in it and you can take it home with you. Right, exactly. Bring your own bag. It's 2022, people. Are you going to be needing a box for that game? It's a CD, sir. So yes. (laughs) Just throw them all in together. Oh, dude, when I used to work at Hastings way back in the day, like... 16 can you, years can you ago. put this in my Pepsi points CD holder? I when people would bring their games <laughs> in to sell, like in those CD cases and yep. shit, I'm like, you are just scratching up the games by doing yep. that shit. Oh, God. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pained me every time someone would bring one of those things in. Hey, can you fix these games? Hey, can can I sell these games? I'm like, bro. You see the deep grooves in those games that make it not playable? Yeah, they add character. <laughs> I like uh, my games to stutter and stop. But um yeah. I I mean I think that's pretty much it. I think, you know, those are the main points of the topic. Yeah. Um so that, you know, before we go on break, our first break, I I want to take the uh the mask off for a second. Do you objectively believe that the PS1 is better than the N64 or no? And this can go to either one of you. I think yes to the the point of the of the first uh the first point I made. Hmm. That's fair. I can't remember was that the sheer number of games. Well, I'm or? not repeating it. Okay. I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to remember what we hit first. No, it was the the uh the anything that was available on both consoles. Oh yeah, is yeah, 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 the, the cross platform ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I kind of went through this before with they really do both have their own strengths. Like, frankly, almost everything ran smoother on the N64 version because it had way more RAM. But also, a lot of those games, you needed the extra textures to even tell what you were looking at. Mm. Because they just, they weren't, they were not making a different version for each of them. They were just hoping that it worked. Um, Right. Whereas... Um, that pod racer game was also an arcade game. So they had, they had playing to each machine's strengths kind of in mind as they were making it. Um, cause they knew they were gonna have to make some drastic changes compared to a, an arcade cabinet to get right. it running on a console. Um, I, I think it's really hard to say because again, like there there are a few games like I'd much rather play a shooter on the N64 um just because they play smoother with that um increased overhead uh, mm. in order to you know not be chugging along the way a lot of the um PlayStation shooters did which right I didn't play a lot at the time because, like we mentioned before, most shooters were terrible on both consoles. But then you get stuff like, you know, Goldeneye, Perfect Dark. I even liked that one of the, oh, was it Rainbow Six, the Tom Clancy game, which was Hmm. a really neat sort of squad control tactical shooter at the time. Right. that, uh, That allowed you to play... With actual twin stick shooting, but with, you know, as long as you played Southpaw because you could use the C sticks to move and then actually have what we'd consider modern 
first-person shooter controls. Um, mm. Other than again, having having to play Southpaw because that that's where the stick was. Um, I really don't know my preference here. I can I I can be I can. It depends on the day. It it depends what I'm wanting to go back to play. Is really what it is. Okay, they so both for t- have, yeah. So today it's both for you. Yeah, today it's both because again I I'm been thinking about all the games i'd want to go back and play in these consoles and probably don't even split don't don't you just like want a month during the winter time where it's snowing and there's just like you're gonna be like no. i'm just gonna put my all my adult responsibilities on hold for a month you're gonna set so up he's gonna old... lock his kids in a room uh-huh. <laughs> all of us all of us we're gonna set up an old uh old TV from the 90s, those colored t- televisions. We're going to set it up nearby a window so we can Is see the talking? snow falling. And then we're just going to set up our old PS1s and N64s and just yep. just reminisce for a straight fucking month. Just drinking whiskey and playing A Link to the Past. Oh, yeah. Well, A Link to the Past is definitely not on the N64. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, oh, wouldn't that be just great, man? That's that does, the dream. That does sound like fun. That's the dream. <sighs> yeah. Living in the past, baby. Mm. I thought we were all doing a dream sequence. Isn't that why we're all like, if this were a visual <laughs> fair, what would you yeah. see us all like staring <laughs> yeah. up wistfully? Unfortunately, this Everyone's... also doesn't play on an audio podcast, but Everyone... we're all just kind of like gazing <laughs> into up. infinity. Everyone keeps checking the cameras to make sure we're all looking in different directions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all daydreaming opposite of each other. Uh-huh. Can I, I can't add just all... an hour of silence into the podcast? Perfect. That would be f- that would be funny. Oh, an hour's gone by since we all just reminisced. <laughs> no, that's just yeah, like dude. yeah. After an hour, we just go yeah, and then we just get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh-huh. But we're not gonna do that. What we are actually gonna do is oh, by the way, I would pick PS One. Um, I I have a deep affinity for ps1 it's a pretty good little gray box yeah it yeah, is it really is oh I, w- it, one thing i wanted to bring up and this yeah. is again a, a, a downside because you couldn't store anything on a on a cd but mm. y- your memory was off boarded so uh if you wanted to rent a game and then rent it again later you didn't have to worry about your save getting overridden because yeah. you had that memory card yourself Oh, that is ain't, a ain't great fucking point. nobody overwriting your save. Yeah, except it really your little was. sister, who's gonna like, overwrite games that you even own. And and anyway, you, you, have, anybody, you have to write your name on it so you know which memory did card is. Anybody each. have? I God, this is the thing I think about. This is like a elementary to early middle school rich thing. Oh God, I hope I hope this is. This a was a thing I got at like I, a Funko Land, and I'm like, this is for the exact problem you're talking about, Josh. Yeah. So my my sister. And my dad, who were playing that PlayStation, would not delete things. Yeah. I had, like, a little rubber thing that attached to a keychain that you slid a memory card into. Oh, yeah. My memory card was on me 24 hours a yep. day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I could have uh, used that when I was a kid, because yep. I, I remember I went to a sleepover one time with a few of my friends at the time. It's a memory card condom. And... Uh, <laughs> a mondom. But no, um, that's what we called it on the playground. <laughs> I, I, hey, I got think your I, 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 anyway. 
But so I, I go to a sleepover and we some of us brought our memory cards in case we wanted to play some PS1 games and stuff like that and some games over. And I remember thinking like, I don't want my memory card to get lost or be stolen. So I'll just keep it in my pocket. Like, so I'll just piss on it. That was my Mark most my prized son. possession at the time. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going to McDonald's and we went to one of those ball pit jungle gyms oh, no. inside the McDonald's. <sighs> you and elf. you guys know what's coming. So like you playing in there buffoon. having fun. <laughs> and suddenly um, I felt something in my ass. No, uh, I no, I hey I there, reached fella. A, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, buddy? It's me, the hamburger. That's the hamburger's voice. I no, but I, I reach in my pocket, rubble, and my rubble. memory card is gone. And I was like, no! So I'm freaking out. I, I go through the jungle gym a few times. I look for it, can't find it. So I go into the ball pit, and I do the thing that no kid or no human being should ever do. And I just you, you reach put... my hand to the bottom oh. and just start feeling around. You don't want to do that. I did find several <laughs> memory cards, none of them mine. Yes, yeah, so I'm reaching around <laughs> desperately. And I eventually, after like two minutes, pulled it out. And I was so happy I found it. There's a it. happy ending. You guys remember when McDonald's play places had N64s? Yeah, yes. for, for, a, for a brief minute there. What a crazy time. Yep. Yeah. That that was something that was exhilarating as a kid too. Going into like, I, I a miss getting store. kicked out of play places. I st- it happens to me every week. Uh, I mean, I guess I could still get kicked out of play places. But... I don't actually think I know. Like until there's a, a McDonald's nearby that still had one until recently. That's just like gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a bygone relic. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. miss I miss the old days when they used to have little, you know, Mick Mick prisons. You, you remember those? Oh, with the, the, the cage out? Actually, it's hilarious you bring that up because, okay, every day at work, one of the things I do in the morning is our our dealership is two buildings in, like, across town from each other, right? Yeah. So I have to go file a bunch of paperwork at the first building and then physically bring it to the other building at around 10 a.m. I pass a Burger King on this journey every day. Yeah. This Burger King, when I was a child, had, like, a play place out front. It no longer does. But the big gate is still there. So that's there's just like perfect. A, it's like there's a giant cage in front of this Burger King oh, that contains awesome. nothing. It's yeah, all yeah. like like as a child now, as someone born after the 90s, you must pass so out and be confused. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it kind of makes sense the same thing. The, the Hamburglar is still around, but the uh, uh, Constable, Constable Mc Oh oh the Big Irishman or whatever the Big his Mac. name was the Big Mac the police chief of Big McDonald's Mac I guess land. that's yeah anyway yeah he used to be a much more prominent character which obviously him and Mayor the, McCheese yeah um anyway the professor the McPrisons were basically his head but with bars in them yes. all the way around anyway surreptitiously we 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 children at the time. Managed to loosen one of the bars directly under his big nose, hanging out mm-hmm. one side, that you could then, without anybody knowing, you know, remove and then put back so they didn't know which one it was. Sure. And then you could reach out, grab onto his nose, and climb all the way up on top of the thing. On top of this cheese. You little fucking head. rebels. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was perfect. See, I misunderstood what you were talking about, but now I do know that. I thought you were talking about those bigger cages oh, that the would cages around the entirety the, yep. of the play place. So, you know, this way, as a parent, you could treat it like a daycare. Yep. And you can go smoke a cigarette and eat a McDouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man. 
What did like so yeah, so now picture what I'm saying is just the cage that contained this Burger King playground yep. is present with nothing inside it. <laughs> and you have to pass by that and be like, what happened here? Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah. The good old days. Yeah, well, imagine when, when, when the playgrounds are made out of steel and fiberglass. Imagine <sighs> those places still existing in 2022. All the fucking germs and stuff. You guys ever yeah. have, in one of those playgrounds once, I have a distinct memory of this as a kid. You know, like those, I don't even, I guess they're like fireman pole situations, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like the yes. poles you just slide down. Yeah. yeah. There was one of those that was very tall, and I have a very distinct memory of this. I slid down it. And impacted the ground so hard that I just couldn't breathe for like a good sixty seconds, and was in like full on panic mode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's anyway. why those a big part part of the reason why those playgrounds disappeared is because like health and safety issues. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, again, I'm sure I'm sure I was not the only kid who realized that they used just the flimsiest little, you know. Oh yeah, you can make. You could kit punch a window out of one of those fucking things. Yeah. But unfortunately, without them around, uh, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of children today who have no idea who the Fry Guys are. Exactly. And they have the pleasure of not knowing who Ronald McDonald is. So. He's a sex offender. <laughs> he is. And uh, speaking of sex offenders, we're going to go on break. Cause that... I actually just got to go take care of my laundry, so you finish whatever point you were trying to make. I, I was I was like, how does this transition work? It doesn't, so we're just gonna Yeah. Power right through it. Just yeah. Yeah. No. But hundred percent serious, that. consent is important. As Josh said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go on break. Okay. Uh we'll be right back and we'll talk about the games we're gonna talk about because we played them. We're gonna go on break. Bye. You know, Shay Josh. <laughs> When I listen to the Chomp Cast, I don't just listen to the Chomp Cast. I be what do chomping. you do? I be chomping. You be chomping? I be chomping. What do you mean? You know, I chomp it to the east, and I chomp it to the west, and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com, where I listen to the Chomp Cast. Oh, shit. What else can I find there? What's at SwordChomp.com? At SwordChomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark, where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah! You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car, and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window. And I roll it down, and he shines his light on me, and I say, I be chomping. <laughs> and what did he say? Uh, he was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said, I be chomping. I be chomping. Boy. He doesn't say that none in this game. He hasn't yet. He doesn't say it in this game. Damn, not at all. Okay. Well, we're back. Uh clearly we are excited to talk about God of War Ragnarok. Um it's been the hot goss in uh the video gaming world this week as everybody is loving it to death. 
Uh, so, as as uh, the kids said four years ago, Rich, spill the tea. Tell us all all about your uh, adventure times with. Uh, I played Ragnarok. a lot. I've done. I've made. A, I did a lot of Kratos. Uh, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, I played a lot of God of War. I'm 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 marching towards the end from the sound of things. Um I got the third weapon. Uh it's pretty fucking cool. This game's really pretty quite it's good, you guys. I like it. It's fun times. It's gonna be hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, I I mean, I'm doing my best here. It's maybe you fun. can do a little better. I, probably oh. not. I hope not. Um. So yeah, now having gone to pretty much all of the realms, which is pretty much all nor of the nine realms in this one, which is cool. Um. I think I'm liking this a bit more than the sort of spoken wheel setup of God of War 2018. Mm-hmm. Which is rather than having Midgard was like this central hub that felt big and important. Uh, every, not every, but almost every realm kind of has a similar smaller scale setup in this one where it's like you have like this big central hub in Alfheim where uh, depending on the realm, sometimes you've got your boat like you would in the traditional God of War. In other ones, you have like the sled dogs situation, which it's especially fun to go back to Midgard when you eventually do in this one because. You get to explore a familiar area that is now completely frozen over from yeah. Fimble Winter. So instead of, you know, boating around the Lake of the Nine, you are with the sled dogs. Um, one of my favorite side quests in this game, which, like, I guess lightish spoileries for some of the side stuff that's available, uh, involves Kratos tracking down and killing off the encampment of, ban- of raiders that he originally rescued his wolves from. Uh, oh, I like that. And it's a real good like Kratos needs to work up the courage to pet his own dogs. It's it's a hell it's a hell of a moment. Mm-hmm. I that's one of the things I've been wondering. It's very early on in the game, like the first twenty minutes, that you learn that Kratos and Atreus have rescued two wolves in the, well three technically, but yes. two wolves in the game and kind of their companions and then you're going off doing all this stuff and the wolves are just chilling back at the home and i've been wondering about them when you do go back to midgard you use the sleigh similarly to how you did in alfheim and it is kratos's wolves who are That's good. Uh, your sled dogs and there is that very it's i think it's a very good side quest that you kind of create it, it a lot of it is revolved around kratos sort of noticing that they're kind of nervous when you're on the lake of the nine and that's because there are multiple encampments of the the bandit group that you originally rescued them from. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff to do out there. That's great. Um, I've noticed more so, and I'm curious to see how Josh is feeling on this because I know I know I'm the furthest by like a weirdly large amount in this. Um, <laughs> and uh, that does come, Josh. Uh, not exactly what you're saying, but. Some stuff happens. Uh, anywho. Um, spoiler free. Spoiler free. Yeah, spoiler free. Uh, the Mimir, Kratos, back and forth dialogue stuff was so good in 2018. I think it's like worlds better in this, especially mm. because to to I'm going to remain 
spoiler free, but people probably know this by now, so I don't feel uncomfortable saying this. Atreus is not the only companion character in this game. Yeah. Um, some other stuff happens as the game goes on. You're dealing with other characters, so a lot of the time you're getting some fresh dialogue from other people you're traveling with, including Kratos, Mimir, Atreus, amongst others. Um, and in a way I really enjoy, because the conversation never really went here in 2018, and they, they show this more and more as the game goes on, I think it is one of my favorite relationships in the game. Kratos and Mimir really are boys now. Like, yeah. They call each other brother, like they're they're yeah. the best of pals. And Mimir is really more comfortable asking Kratos about himself these days. So Kratos is sharing a lot of stories from past God of War games, like mm, talking yeah. about like I they got into a conversation recently about, you know, Kratos traveling back in time at one point to stop Zeus, and Mimir being like, I've heard that story, but like that's just a story, right? And Kratos is like, no, I literally did those things. <laughs> like, it, you'd just be like, that sounds incredibly reckless and stupid. Like, why would you fuck with time? Uh, yeah, that's one of the things, like, without getting into spoilers, is that by doing by doing that stuff in this this game as well, because like you said, it was so strong in 2018, and doing it with other characters, it allows Kratos to remember his past in different ways so it's very uh referential to the source material in a positive way and it shows how they have built kratos out as a character to become a more layered character or protagonist while paying homage to what happened in the past and it's really great stuff um obviously um it's it's going to depend on who Kratos and Mimir are talking to in order yes. for those stories stories to come out and why they come and, out. And they they do come out in great ways. And I think without mentioning actually what the conversation is and with who it is, because yeah. based on something you said earlier, I'm guessing you got to and where you are in the game. I'm guessing you got to this one recently, which was a big like I have been waiting for them to bring this up because it feels so vital to me. Kratos yeah. finally talking about his dead daughter. Yes. Um, in this game happens. He has a conversation about Calipi, uh, which like is a thing that is kind of vital to me in the sense of like, this is such an important point for why he's so protective of Atreus. Like we haven't touched on the fact that Kratos has lost a family before. Right. It's, it's kind of like, honestly, that like looking at this game and then looking back at 2018, and this is just going off a memory. This is, this happened four years ago. I feel like that wasn't made as a strong enough point in 20. And it should have been, I think because it it, like to me, yeah. it was kind of an afterthought. Like when, when what you're talking about and what I recently played happened, I was like, shit, you're right. That did happen. How did I forget that? Like that is the launching point of the original God of war that not only Kratos had a family that he lost, he's responsible for their death. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's there's even uh, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about some of these conversations without like spoiling who they're with or anything like that, because that's ninety nine percent of the context for me, like in one of the best, like borderline, like fourth wall breaky ones. Kratos does have a conversation that you will see relatively soon, Shay, at one point that it basically amounts to these characters being like. 
talking about Kratos fighting his nature and not wanting to slip back into who he once was, and they're going, well, Kratos, you, you haven't changed. You're still killing gods, but oh, boo-hoo, you're sad about it now. Like, it's you're not different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, at the core of what he's doing, it's not different, but the, his reasons for doing it, I think, are vastly different, and that's yeah, something yeah. that and that's kind was, of the was starting to be explored in 2018, on. and I feel like is really going to be coming to a head in this game, for obvious it, reasons. It, abs- it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Yeah. I, one of the things I want to talk about is, um, and this is something we were talking about before the show, are the bosses. And without, like, we're not going to do spoilers, don't worry, we're going to avoid that. I want to say that 2018 outside of like the Valkyries, I don't really and uh Baldur obviously and the brothers, I don't really remember much of the boss fights in that game. I mean there are a few, but I feel like the boss bosses and boss fights in this game have been better and it's just up to Annie and they've been more memorable for me so far. There are some bangers in 2018. The Igni and Magni, the dragon. Um, See, I've forgotten about most of that, to be honest with you. There, I, I think there, there are definitely just as good ones here. You just did one in particular that I think is one of the way cooler ones. Um, there's another one coming up sometime after that that's very fucking cool. Uh, that mm. in, that involves uh, a character who I, I don't even know if you would have technically met yet. You probably have who. Well, when I say this, it'll probably bring it for you. There is a god in Valhalla who is a character that reminds me most of the way gods were portrayed in the original God of War trilogy Mm -hmm. and that he is a smug little prick who deserves to have his head cut off. That's cool. I'm excited for that. No, like I was texting you before the show that. The boss fight I just did, which is at the end of Vanaheim, was such a good boss fight. Yeah, it was so good and it was paced really well too. It didn't feel like a boss where it was just like fucking slash, 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 done. It like there were even narrative things happening in the boss fight. And And it was just puzzle, so puzzle elements involving like changing weapons properly. Mm. And uh, yeah, I know know the fight you're talking about and it's it's definitely up. It's just like it was paced really well, just even considering how epic was it was. and interweaving narrative bits it was just a master class of a good boss fight yeah for sure and not to say that god of war has ever been bad at it or anything like that or that 2018 did a bad job it's just like for me i did also so long ago that's that's a big part of for sure but part of it is like there's some just some some of the boss fights i just don't remember and i feel like the boss fights in this one are definitely going to stick with me more like uh, the, where Josh is at, the one he's going to be coming up to, that was such a peculiar and unexpected boss fight that he that you do in that area, and I loved it. I was like, this is fucking weird, and I love I loved every moment of that boss fight. Like sure. I have loved all the boss fights I've done so far. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty good. I think they I think you were headed towards some of the more interesting ones too. Yeah, on the the trail you were on now. Yeah. Another thing that like you were talking about is that I don't know if this like would it be a spoiler to talk about you you don't only play as Kratos in this game? People know by now and we've just said it, so I w- I won't say who, but 
I don't I think I don't think there's any point in hiding. If you're going to say you play as someone else, I think people realize. OK, OK, OK. You all obviously also play as Atreus in this game. And I have re- like I was skeptical about that at first because th- I thought it was going to be filled with like teenage angst, like a lot of games tend to do. And for it to be an- like Atreus to be this annoying, awkward teen. And he has those moments, but it's not overly played up it feels very organic and i really so far have enjoyed playing as um atreus as a character as he learns more about himself when you consider the end of the first one and the implications of what happened at the end of the first game going into the second game and what they're learning about story-wise it's been really rewarding to play as him um in the moments that you do get to play as him and it's made when when you are fighting alongside him as Kratos, that much more rewarding. And also the more his kit shapes up and the more like, like obviously there are similarities, but there is a certain uniqueness to Atreus being a lot more nimble, having this focus on range with the bow, but also being yeah. able to just bash people in the head with it. Um, oh, he dude. does. Uh, yes. There's some other stuff that comes in his kit later on that uh, I, I don't think either of you have seen yet, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, basically, he ends up getting an ally that is sort of permanent to him uh, mm. in an interesting way. Uh, he has a rage meter that like focuses around his yeah. ability to shapeshift. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I, I loved that. I loved getting to that. Also, yes. every time you do that, because there are points when uh, Atreus is with other characters. I love when games go like the extra mile for this because it's just fun um, when they're like they're paying attention to what's happening in combat. I don't think either of you have met her yet, so I won't say who, but Atreus is traveling through a certain area with a character, and the first time I use my rage meter in combat with her, she just exclaims, you can turn into a wolf? Cool! (laughs) (laughs) I I love that kind of stuff, and this game is so good at doing that. But Josh was talking about something before the show that um, I just thought about. He's talking about how when you get to the first major playing as Atreus moment, which is going into a specific area that there's a point where you're kind of like adventuring with Atreus and he finds his first chest and yeah, he tries to I punch that, it like yeah. Kratos does and just, and he just smashes his yeah. hand on the chest and he's like, it's such oh, a good animation too. His hand, it looks so painful. <laughs> I'm just yes. smashing yeah, yeah, his hand. I believe, I believe yes. Sindri's one was like, he makes it look easy. Doesn't he? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, I really like their relationship a lot in the game as well. Like that's now one thing it's grown since the the first game. Yeah, they, yeah. They, he kind of found someone to keep, confide in in Sindri. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, that's like that's the extent of we'll talk about that. But like their relationship develops in a really good organic way. Yeah. Um, kind of going up off that so we can avoid spoilers. Yeah. I, like, I just before we move off of that because I do want to note it because you guys will, will get to it soon and. It almost feels like it's written as a bit, but I do really like it, where Kratos basically firmly establishes later in the game that because that relationship exists, and I don't know whether Kratos feels threatened or undermined by it, Brock is now his favorite dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brock is pretty awesome. He has he is the better dialogue between the two. That's so sure. funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We can't, yeah, we can't talk about that. Can't yeah. talk about that. We'll have to save that for our eventual CAD yeah. that we're going to be doing here very soon. But um, one, one of the things I did want to talk about is performance. Because, Josh, you were talking about very minor but some performance stuff before the show. Well, I wanted to talk about it. It's, we, we talked about pop-in 
last week and how it basically is not a thing mm. because they've gone in and hand tuned the the geometry to just run at the on the performance yeah. settings on I'm the just, lower console settings. Um, I'm just encapsulating all yeah, that yeah, under yeah, performance. Yeah, all, all, all yes, exactly. Um. Anyway, I encountered the first major pop-in issue, and it's during a story section, and it's literally dead center in the camera when the camera's locked, when, like, a third of the screen will have a gigantic piece of suddenly, background appear. pop right into the frame, right where you're looking, and it's just like... It, it, this, is, this is only on, from what I've seen, only on the high frame rate modes on this version so probably something they spent next to no time on um because nobody has 120 hertz tvs like it just Correct. it just it's just not a big enough part of the market for them to care but like come on and those fixes might come later you it, know, it yeah. might because it's not like this is a performance heavy section of the game you're in a corridor they should be able to figure this out but anyway some number got tweaked wrong and I just thought it was funny how I was talking about how great they did. And there's just one spot just dead center of the camera where like a third of the frame pops right in mm. right in front of your character. And yeah, anyway, um, I just thought it was yeah. funny more than anything because everything else has been absolutely rock solid and they've put the, you know, extra mile in to make sure that sort of stuff doesn't happen. and then. Somehow this one got overlooked, um, which I thought anyway. Yeah, no, I mean it was funny. You sent us a little uh, gif of, you know, yeah, me you, walking like, back, and back and forth and and like popping yeah. in and out. Yeah, that was funny for for me because I am playing on the base PS4. I still want to like, even if it's like a quick thirty seconds, like keep yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. updated. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious even how it though runs we talk, on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was telling the guys before the show. I had like one minor pop in thing where I was like running and then part of the background appeared mm-hmm. um, slowly, but uh, slowly, like slower than usual kind of thing. But it wasn't a major thing at all. It, like, and you I, are playing on a PS4, so it's like that's good. It's good to hear that it's running well on the PS4. Yeah, right. It was it was literally the one pop in thing that happened to me. The only other minor quote unquote tech issue I've had is. um you know, I, I often put my PS4 in rest mode, which is something you're not supposed to do, but I do it anyways. Um, it's a feature they added that you're not supposed to use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to abuse it like I do. I, that's all. I oh, my PS4 on. did not turn off for the entire time I owned it. Right. But so I, I did that and then I, you know, turned my PS4 on and booted the game right back up. Mm-hmm. And for about like five seconds, it'll stutter. Like mm. the movement stutters a little catching bit. Catching up, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's good to go. Like yeah, it's, it's not egregious. I'm I'm playing no, on not at all. It's probably PS5 using most of the mode. memory available to it, and then it has to purge some so, of it to actually yeah. run the OS. If you right. track suspend it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing egregious about it at I, all. Though I've had no issues. I'm playing on a PS5 in performance mode, but I'm not playing on the like high frame rate yeah. mode that Josh uses. That's specific to having a TV that can handle that sort yeah. of thing. Mm. Um, so like if you are a customer on a PS5 playing on like a pretty good standard, I'm playing on, you know, my 4k OLED in in performance mode and it's great. No issues. It it may Mm. be 
if 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 you want to avoid that and it's not something they patch right away, just 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 play not on that mode because um, the high performance mode is usually somewhere between eighty and hundred frames per second. But you can just turn that off and play unlock sixty, and that's still more than smooth enough, and you'll avoid the issues I've had by just turning off that high frame rate mode if you want. Um, mm. Easy fix. Yeah. Yeah, not nothing too bad there. I mean, like, that one GIF was funny, but it's not yeah. egregious. No, 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 no. And I, I still think it plays well enough that I love playing a console game above 60 frames per second. Like, that's just not a thing we get to do very often. Almost nobody supports that, so it's been fun to have that as an option. Right, right, exactly. The the other thing for me major that I majorly wanted to talk about, or major thing I wanted to talk majorly. about, I probably should say, Major thing. Um, name of my porno, major thing. Uh-huh. But I wanted to talk about like the menus and how intuitive that they've been to use. Um, Some of them. Not like actually pulling up the menus, but the menus themselves have yeah. been great. Uh, like even when you're navigating the map and you're in an area, this is something I noticed today that I hadn't noticed up until this point, that when you're in the maps, you can select certain areas and it tells you the collectibles that are in that yeah, area, yeah. that yeah. micro area of the entire mm-hmm. bigger realm. Yeah. And it's been great for like, if you are the, that type of person who is trying to, to collect everything. Yeah. Yes. You're not, you're not searching guides online. Um, so like, Oh, which one did I miss? Where, you know, having to go back through all that stuff. They parse it out really well for you in that map section. If but you're going not- to hmm. make a game that is checklisty when it comes to collectibles. I, the checklist has is, to be good. It, 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 is, well, it is vital to basically come as close to you can as be, putting in a checklist in your menus. And yeah. this is as close as you can get without straight up guiding the player to everything, which is too much. And mm. I think that's just great. Give me, yeah. It gives me my dopamine and I yeah. sleep soundly. Yeah, you still have to look for it, but... You know um, where it is. You, I'm going to you know get all the region maybe that you need to look through. Exactly. Instead yeah. of just And also like, you know none of it's too challenging cuz granted I'm doing like all of the side yeah. quests and stuff but just kind of naturally going about it I have about half the ravens. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the thing too is like it's it's a characteristic of a Metroidvania so I'm not going to say it makes the game Metroidvania in that way but it has a characteristic where you're going through these areas and yeah, you you're doing stuff, stuff you and then do. you see stuff that you can't do and you're like, well, yep. guess I'm coming back to this area again but, sometime. And, and kudos to, I think we talked about this last time too, but I always like calling it out because it's not a given because games didn't used to do this and not all games still do. When you encounter something like that, Atreus or whoever is with you will almost immediately be like, I don't think we can go that way yet. Yes. Yeah, I like that you're not wasting your time on the puzzle. Like, we talked like, about be this like, before. You don't have I, the tool to solve this, so yeah, don't waste yeah. Your I time, hate yeah. how they tell you the solution to everything right away, but also I like that they tell you you can't solve like, this you, right away. Yeah, you have no means of solving yeah, this right now. Because that, like, that's don't just waste your time. exactly that's just stopping you from wasting your time instead of ruining. Like a puzzle you guys for you. may have already encountered. Well, I know for sure you have encountered. Um, uh, when it comes to Nornir chests, there are certain kinds that you need the third weapon to trigger. Yes. Mm. Um. And uh, the way you do that, I think, is really cool because the way that third weapon works is really fucking cool. <laughs> I that's one thing I was going to mention a little bit later. We can come back to the UI stuff because it makes sense to mention it right now really quickly. That is my only major gripe with the game. And it's a uh, 
it's not one that really impedes the overall enjoyment of the game but and we talked about it last week but fuck does it continue to stay bad how quickly they will point out a solution before you You can turn it down though josh was correct no no that's not an option unless you found one there's the the setting in there that you can turn down the one we talked about was the one where they never tell you the solution no that's that's not in there is that no that's no. not what it is. No, the don't... the solution they have the not the solution, but the the option they have in there. Uh, I was misconstruing what one of the accessibility features was. Um, Maybe I turned that on for no reason. Then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they have an option to slow down puzzle timing, which I assume uh, I assumed yes. right off the bat was like, oh, well, it's going to give me more time before it tells me how to do the puzzles. It's it it's it's slowing down. The well, window, the yeah. window of time you have for some of the puzzles that are like That's okay, a good accessibility yes, option. It is, it is because a few of them, you have to like really run pretty precisely to get the the you know the shots off that you need to do in order to open some of those chests and stuff. So it's it's a it is a good thing to have, um, but, but it's not slowing we down for. a different thing than them telling you, um, what the solution is. Yes. Currently, there is no way to slow that down. Which there needs to be that that needs to be a patch because that that seems like a number they could tweak. Maybe maybe if it yeah maybe way not that might, that might be a decent amount of work to actually add a variable there that is not a variable. But you know somebody could still go in and do it. It's it, that might be more work than nothing, but it seems like it'd be worth it to at least have that be an option. Mm. agreed yeah it's something that we said that hopefully they'll integrate later into the game and and i really hope they do because there were a few moments where i just walked into a room and they're like complaining about like kratos why are you taking so long i've had them give me the solution to a puzzle before i've seen it yet like i haven't i don't even know i'm doing a puzzle i've not been there long enough to notice that there even is a fucking switch and they're telling me how to solve it like I don't and even know I'm in the puzzle yet. Like, like just chill imagine out. that. Imagine chill that out. in ten more seconds. Anything. <laughs> imagine that even like in a real world situation where you walk into a room and someone's like, "Why haven't you done the dishes yet?" And you're like, "Like I didn't know oh. there were dishes to clean." Right. Yeah. You know. And like, if you knew about it, why didn't you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Atreus. Not just Atreus, Mimir uh, does it. All the yeah. characters do it. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 something that's more funny to laugh about, and it's like yeah. more irritating if it was the real world. But it definitely takes away from some of the enjoyment of solving those puzzles, even though they're not that difficult. It's like that part I, I, of the yeah. fun is going through that process of doing it. I don't and, understand why they wouldn't have thought this through. Because, I mean. I, I get that it's mostly an action game and we don't want to be stuck or whatnot, but they have difficulty options in this game. So it's not like they have a perfect experience in mind for how this is supposed mm. to be. They're letting you tweak it. Let me tweak how long it takes to give me the answer to the puzzles. Like that? That? Come on. A difficulty option. On easy mode, Mimir just walks you through it. Yeah. yeah like, he exactly. Is, he, he's the smartest man in the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, no, you, like, the longer, what they should do is the longer you're at the puzzle, the more your rage meter builds, and eventually you just click both sticks and Kratos solves the puzzle automatically. 
<laughs> well, no, he just breaks whatever the mechanism is. Yeah, it just breaks it. Just breaks the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like, going back to the, the point I was making before, not just the map, but, like, everything else in there, in the in the menus, is super easy to find. There have been a few times where I've forgotten how to do the runic attack. Yeah. And at this point, I've got it memorized now. But there had been a few times where I completely forgot how to do that. And it was so easy to go into, like, they have a codex, and then to find where where it, the runic attack is to relearn how to do it. Like, yeah. to find information in the menus, to upgrade your characters, all that stuff is super well done in terms of layout and ac- accessibility in terms of that. It's, it really is great. It's, I'm not going to say it's perfect. But it is great. And uh, I don't know, you you guys probably have not seen this yet. This is just a thing that I think is a nice quality of life thing, and I don't remember it being in the first game. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mention it. Once you have decided, because there's a lot of armor in this game, which armor you like, once you max out an armor uh, at, at uh, with Brock and Sindri, you can do transmog on it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that that was an option, which, good, because frankly, the armor I liked in the first game was ugly as sin. It was so it was absolutely you can just, the, just the max most out, ugly set. So. Yeah, you can max this shit out for its abilities, and then you can make it look like anything else in your inventory. Yep, yeah, that's really cool. I do like that. I didn't you know, know you could the, do that. the one that's awesome. the one armor related gripe I have currently is that there is bayonetta armor in the game that gives you witch time on on the last second dodge, mm. but it's one. not bayonetta themed. Uh yeah, add that in. That's, That's a good idea. Th- th- come on, guys. You- Get your shit together. Yeah. Fucking cowards. Should have known Josh wanted right? that, goddammit. Yeah. Known. Kratos needs the Bayonetta outfit. Why not? That. You knew what you were you doing. See- you knew exactly what you were doing by giving him witch well, they were time. Like, yeah, but like dodge. we put him in the heels and we need to change his hitbox to whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think so. They, they don't worry about the hitbox. I don't know. This is I don't know if you noticed. I, I'm I'm not gonna get into the whole dipshit gamer complaining about reused animations, but they have basically the same death animations as the first game, and you still clip all the fuck through the floor anytime you die. Um, just not. I wouldn't know. I don't die. No, I die a lot. Yeah, but like, I just think it's funny that that still didn't get addressed. And anyway, again, mm. not that it matters, but just. Did you guys see that uh um that there was a picture posted from the the, the devs of Kratos like doing like a cute face oh, yeah. like where he puts his hands like in that pose on yes. Twitter and fucking neckbeards were bitching about that. <laughs> Kratos is a big strong man, he don't do that. <sighs> yeah. We gotta enjoy those moments on Twitter while they while Twitter lasts. Yeah. Video games were a mistake, guys. It was yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. But Yeah. Yeah. Um since there isn't like oh, the at this point the meat of the conversation is going to be about story and we want to keep it spoiler free. Are there any other so. major points? I've got, I've got I've got lots more complaints. Uh I don't have any major complaints. I like No, uh, points, not complaints. Oh, I'm sorry. Major- uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I've I've enjoyed this game so far from be- beginning to now. Like I've loved it and I'm excited to get more into it. 
Yeah. Um, my complaints I, are Pokemon mostly... is out tomorrow. I need to get this game done. We need to oh, wrap this podcast. Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah, I, I mean, that's out today for me, actually. Game, if you want to complain about Poppin', I'm hearing some pretty bad things oh, about this yeah. Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, most of my complaints are just things that never got fixed from the first one. Um, same things. Um, stuff like... The combat's really, really well-tuned for one-on-one combat. Really great. Enemies do pretty complex things you need to pay attention to. But then uh, it, it seems like the combat team and the enemy design slash placement team are doing their own things. And like anytime they want to ramp up difficulty, they just throw more enemies at you and having more enemies doesn't feel like a more complicated problem. It just feels like shit's hitting you from off screen. Mm hmm. Um, kind of like the hotline Miami two effect. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's frustrating. Uh, between enemies hitting you from off screen and you you have you this the standard like enemy attack or not enemy like um enemy off screen notification thing like arrow showing you where something's coming from and they've got you know yellow for an enemy red for an enemy that's attacking which which means a wide variety of they're attacking and they're literally about to hit you to they start an attack and they'll be here in 45 minutes um so th- that you know notification means nothing and then on top of that you have a, a like a projectile incoming notification um which also means more than one thing because you have projectiles that you can parry back and you also have AOE projectiles which you can't that that will hit near you and just damage you there's just the combat just doesn't work with that many things going on at once like I think it's really well tuned with the parries and blocks and unblockable attacks and Attacks that you have to, like, bash them out of. Like, there's a lot of good mechanics there. And I feel like they would work a lot better by just tuning up how much health the enemies have. Making fights last for longer. Um, Because they already do this. Some of the enemies have, like, instead of a single health bar chunk, which means if you ever stagger them, an attack will kill them from there on. You'll have some that have, like, three or four. So... You know, it's going to take way more damage to take them down. Uh, you can't just stun them once and kill them. Um, I've had fun with every strong enemy encounter I fought so far. They're tuned excellently. And then, like, case in point, uh, uh, what are they called? The Hated? Uh, the, uh, the guys you killed uh, to upgrade your your war glaives. Um, I don't remember. Uh, the oh the the ones from the uh, the Draugr. The, yeah, cult. yeah, the Draugr. I th- I think it's the hated. I yeah, think it's it, the hated. It's, it's one specific Draugr. Yeah, it's one specific Draugr. Um, I think he he is the hated. Yeah, it's a really cool fight. It's neat. Uh, it's they, a, it, it is a fun fight when it's firing on all cylinders and you're hitting the timing right. And yeah, yeah, it's really great. 
Uh, it they they do give you some mechanics before they tell you how they work with like him lighting himself on fire, and this is something from the first game, but I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, and it was fucking stupid because anyway, whenever they light themselves on fire, if you hit them, they'll explode and do a bunch of damage. That explosion will one shot you on the hardest difficulty that I'm on, and I completely forgot that was a mechanic. To- one-shotting me on the difficulty i'm on so that does not surprise me yeah but anyway i kept dying without getting hit and i had no idea what was going on because they hadn't explained that as a mechanic yet uh Mm. because i think that's supposed to pop up later on in the game but anyway um yeah that that's annoying i mean i can't even as a mechanic goes it's a good mechanic the issue comes with you fight the first one and two ads pop up okay that's easy enough i quickly kill them go back to the fight the next one, four ads show up. The one after that, there are now six ads. And while you're trying to deal with them, if you ever accidentally nick the guy who will kill you in one shot, you're getting you just up. die. And it's and the oh, the only way they know how to increase difficulty is to just throw more guys at you. And I have accidentally killed myself because I'm trying to have another fight with some guy over here and accidentally nick the other guy who's barely off screen. You know what sucks? And this is more of a testament to like me because there is a better solution and I'm just like, no, I don't need it, is I will encounter those Draugr holes. I've encountered the one in Midgard, for example, which was a tougher one, where I'm like, I'm in a bad shape. I don't have a resurrection stone on me, but I'm not going all the way back to fucking Brock. I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And then it's honestly, it is a testament to how good the combat is in this game when I can have an encounter like that where It'll be intense. It'll be fun. I'll die five times, but I'll keep trying. And the time that I do pull it off, I don't take a fucking scratch. Like, yeah, yeah, the, well, like exactly. When, that's that's how the combat basically works on the hardest difficulty because yeah. it has to. It, it, almost everything one shots you. But yeah, that makes sense. And like, I get why that's appealing because when the game is working and you're flowing like that and you're dodging and you're parrying and you're hitting, it feels so fucking good. But also, I need to finish this game this year. Well, again, that works when you can keep the enemies on screen. Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But then they just they throw so many enemies that you can't keep them on screen. And 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 I do think properly same as same as 2018. They've got that camera put so far up Kratos's ass that you can't even see his own feet. It's just you do what you probably need to engage with more. And like, I, I know it's still not the perfect solution is like. All my, like, runic stuff on the Blades of Chaos is, like, pure, like, clearing mob, like, AoE, get everything mm-hmm. off my ass. And same goes for the stuff I got later for the drop near spear, uh, which is another weapon, again, with good reach to sort of help you. Like, it's a bit more focused in that, like, it's a good sing. It's kind of the best of both worlds in terms of being a good single target weapon like the Leviathan Axe that can also has, like, good sweeping attacks to sort of get shit off of you. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they, they do have good tools for that, because you've got stuff, like, with the axe, like, a, a charged attack that will grab the enemy in front of you and throw it at the other ones nearby to knock them all back. It's really good. That's a great attack to have on the axe. I love that sort of thing, but then, again, I'll just get nicked by something off screen that'll just kill me. Uh, and it just... It's just frustrating. Like, frankly, if they just back the camera up five feet, it would solve so many of the problems. And I know that would mess with their framing or whatever, but, like, 
you could easily move that camera in and out dynamically so it looks better during the exploration and the cinematic stuff. Yeah, like, yeah Every sure. other game in the world has figured out how to do that. Nah, fuck you. One shot. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I, yeah, I think I, one of my... Combat just works so much better when you have a manageable number of enemies. That's true. That's true. The combat's been really tight. I think my only other major complaint has been, like, the number of ads that have popped up in this game. I've, like, there have been multiple times where I'm kind of just walking in, like, the space, like, getting to the next puzzle or yeah. combat or whatever, and it has this weird-ass fucking product placement all the time, like, for, like, HelloFresh and Manscaped randomly popping up. And <laughs> I think that might be the podcast you're listening to while playing. <laughs> The best part oh. was that, like, I was like, oh, if he's not going to, like, the way he's wording this is proper, so if he's not making a joke, I'm going to make the joke where, like, after you mention the wretches, I'll be like, yeah, and then all of a sudden, they'll just be like a weird Coca-Cola poster in Helheim. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, that. that's kind of, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking wild if this game somehow worked that in. And he just, like, Kratos leans in, and he's like, boy. I mean, it would actually. We need we- to stop Odin. It would the help in this Manscaped. Case. <laughs> the last game, it wouldn't, but this game has so much fourth wall breaking and referential crap in it compared to the last one. Well, yeah, my, I really like when, like, yeah, um, it would, it would work here. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of, uh, the part where, uh, Odin and Thor start a podcast in Asgard. <laughs> like I didn't really, I was like, that's a pretty cool idea. I bet people would listen to that. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by riot games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's been a great game. Um, hopefully, I can get it finished this week. That way, I can penis dip, crossed, so I can dip my toes into some Pokemon and That's some Elden Ring. Okay, you did just say it. I did say it. That makes it a saying. That's what that you said. Thing. That's what we say. That's what we say. Uh, speaking of, that's what we say. Let's talk about our next let's game end on the, the show. A uh, potionomics. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, this this is one that I told you about a while ago. Whenever we were talking about underrated games and how I yes really have enjoyed that you know cult classic Reseteer. Uh This this is another item running shop or item shop running um, game, uh, where in this one you are running a potion shop, as you could have gathered from the title. Um, that you have inherited from your uncle, who is apparently a deadbeat and left you this, you know, potion shop, and unbeknownst to you, also all the debt that was has accrued along with running this potion shop. So you you show up, you know, to get your new shop, and oh, I I just I just graduated from potion making school. This will be great. It's it's a little shitty shop, but I can I can make it into something. And the creditors are on your and ass. go from there, and then you show up, and they're like. Would you like to pay your one million credits now or later? We, yes, we, that's perfect. We, I was hoping that's where this would go. Exactly. You inherited so much debt. In bulk, or uh, or would you like to start a payment plan? Um, would you like Polly here to break your fucking yeah. kneecaps? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, the, the, the big mechanic in this one... Um, it's a similar sort of like time management thing of like how you're even going to get the supplies you need to to keep your shop open. But then once you're in the sales portion of it, you've got like a, a card 
like a deck building mini game thing for how you haggle with the customers. Um, um, with, with each of them having uh, slightly different personalities that you can kind of get a little bit of based off of, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a cheery townsperson. It's a, it's a gloomy townsperson or whatever. And they'll have like different dispositions um, with the, the big mechanic being how much, patience they have which is basically the total number of cards you can play um um before they'll you know have enough of your crap and walk out without actually buying anything um which is neat so you can like try to haggle them up to make a little bit more money off your stuff as long as oh, you we do call well. that upselling yeah 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 exactly um which, speaking of which, I, I've been wanting to mention this a few times. First of all, Pizza Hut's website is garbage. It only works about 20% of the time. But anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Pizza Hut. Pizza Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd be willing Use to Use the website. Yeah, it works. Anyway, the funniest thing is whenever you add anything to your cart, it brings you to a, you know, like a, a landing page afterwards. How often are you on Pizza Hut's website? <laughs> couple times a month <laughs> I just go what do you mean like today or no no, no but the funniest <laughs> thing about this is i don't know if they realize we can read the urls of whatever the pages are that you land on the guy who's designing pizza hut's website yeah. no it's fucking elroy from from community yeah absolutely <laughs> anyway you put something in your cart and it takes you to the new page and it and the page is pizzahut.com slash upsell and i'm like you realize we can <laughs> fucking read this right That's that is amazing. Like, how how in the fuck... Who? This was supposed who, to remain on an internal you, document. You, you, you don't, you're not Pizza supposed Hut. to tell us that's what you're doing money, to us. PizzaHut.com slash scam. Yeah, like, it's just... It's so blatant that I kind of respect them for it. PizzaHut.com slash give me yeah. that stimmy money. Yeah. The audacity of this... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. PizzaHut.com slash the, the audacity. stub is literally upsell after you put something in your That's cart. That's so good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, just, it reminded me of that. But um, yeah, yeah. So you, you, that's how you make money, which you can then kind of reinvest buying more materials, uh, paying adventurers to go on expeditions for you and bring back crap. Um, with with like a little time management thing, like you'll you'll brew potions, so you, you know stir them up, whatever, mix them however you want. But then they take X amount of time to cook, so you can go into town and do other stuff while that's while that's going. So you've got the time management stuff um, as well. Sounds really interesting. With with like a social aspect to that as well. With like you can, it'll take you time to go out and do your chores and whatnot. But you can also talk to the shopkeepers, uh, you know, some of the other characters to get to know them and eventually they'll give you like better deals and stuff oh i really like the look of this too it's Ooh, I'm gorgeous gonna this. i'm gonna buy this josh the, why, the, do you do, why do you do this to me man right right the 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 character designs and the animation in this game are it's not what so i was expecting good. either right they're 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 very they're like um like very stylistically animated um like really really strong posing and everything on these characters. Mm -hmm. And it, it does kind of a similar thing, uh, which is very economical as far as how the animations work, where instead of having some sort of smoothing between poses and whatnot, uh, it's, it's almost like in, you know, like in a persona or, or something where you'll be having a conversation and it'll change from one still frame 
to a new still frame to kind of show their emotion while they're talking. Uh, it'll change to a different animation, which will play out and then kind of end with a static them still talking sort of a pose thing, which means they don't have to worry about making any of the, you know, connective tissue to, to stitch any of these animations together. And it's, it's still, it works just fine. It feels more like, like I was saying, like, again, like, like, um, it almost feels like, uh, like, a um, um, like a Phoenix Wright game, you know, that sort of, uh, very good animations, but very limited number of them, mm. sort of a, sort of a feel. Um, but anyway, that, that has more to do with just kind of how the thing's put together than the actual thing itself. But anyway, um, I've, I've been loving this thing. Um, just, it's it really, sounds really cute. Yeah, it, it's really been scratching that itch of that sort of, you know, running an RPG shop game, which is not, not really a big genre, but, but I, I love it, so. I, um... This is gonna the most pulling back the curtain thing ever, but I just got the Steam notification, so I have to ask because I'm gonna pick it up this week. Josh, were you? Have we talked about Goodbye World, which has I already, out of, yeah, I already got. Okay, that. you did. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna pick it up tomorrow. So yep. no need to. We'll talk about that next time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know I was, these two was, have yeah. nothing in common, but hearing you talk about Potionomics makes me excited for Coffee Talk Two to come out here soon. I that I'm yep. looking forward to that. Yep as well i can't wait to uh, that'll be fun because like i love when a good little indie like that comes out that all three of us are going to be enjoying at the same time and discussing that is always delightful Mm -hmm. absolutely Uh, there's been so much good indie stuff this year um this this is this is another one of those i think this is going to be one of those years uh where like six to seven out of the ten games on my top ten list are going to be indie games which is great yeah yeah, there's been so much great stuff. Uh, in the, I haven't yeah. played nearly as many indie games this year as I've wanted to. There's so many, like, there's, uh, to be honest, there's been so many. That there are ones in my library that I picked up that I still haven't fucking gotten to. Yeah, Like, like Have a Nice Death. Yeah, I've been waiting so. on that since it's an early access, but I, I still, still never played it once since buying it, so at this point I might just wait until it's done. Yeah, yeah, it looks really polished already, so I, I don't think it would be an issue of which there's a patch out today Ooh. okay anyway um yeah yeah it's it's running your little potion shop it's kind of the long and the short of it and if that sounds fun to you yeah it's 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 kind of what it says on the tin it's it's really great i really like that time management type stuff i mean it feels like the time management in like a persona game like I've got a million things I want to be doing right now, and I can't do all of it. Um, it's 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 really satisfying. Well, Excellent. there's there, there you have it for potionomics. And uh, speaking of mixing it up, Josh also wants to talk about Haiku the Robot. Mm-hmm. I talked about this last week and uh, about More how thoughts, it though it, it it's it's you know. Sort of so a, a my mind. greatest hits, uh, the Metroidvania, um, and I've played more of it, and it kind of it continues to deliver on that. Like I, I got a power bomb, 
because of course I did. I got a morph. A morph ball was of course the first power up that I got. Of course. Uh, which which is funny because I don't know if you've noticed this from the the screens you've seen so far, but this robot is is very sphere like already. He just happens to have arms and legs. And the upgrade yes. is, is just funny because he just kind of pulls in those arms and legs. And he's, he's, he's not really smaller, but they still allow him to go through smaller spots, which I just think is funny. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, somebody finally taught me I can tuck my arms and legs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's an upgrade. Um, yeah. Like, I, 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 I keep finding that sort of thing. Like, uh, um, for example, I found an area that's fairly dark that you need a lantern for, a la Hollow Knight, that is full, filled with, instead of digging worms and, like, you know, centipede-looking things. Like, in Hollow Knight, they're, they're little drilling machines with spinning heads. Like, it's, 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 just, it's just the section from Hollow Knight. It's, it's really funny how they keep on just absolutely pulling some of the most unique parts of other games, some of the parts that have worked the best and just putting it all together. And it's, it's just, it just works. It just, it works because it's, it's, you know, fun little robot, you know, it, 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 I don't know. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like it would be like one of my favorite games. And I do want, eventually want to get to it, but it's like one of those games that is so referential to the source material yes. that it's just going to make you smile a lot and be like, you know what? This was a fun experience. It, and that's kind of what it looks like to me. It, it also makes me yes. think of like one of those gaming experiences, which is like, this is very much its own thing. And it's something I enjoy. Occasionally I like a game like that where you can almost kind of turn off while you're doing it. Oh, it's absolutely. like working a part of your brain. You don't normally work and it just feels relaxing. Yeah, exactly. This is not something I'd recommend to someone coming to the Metroidvania genre like there's you play super metroid first then you play castlevania then you play hollow knight like that you hit you hit the absolute high yeah, points I think first. that's a good progression i agree with that right yeah you're playing that's the greatest how you hits. say ori you, and the will of the wisp well but you know what i mean you like, get there you yeah, get there. you get there but this this is one that i absolutely recommend to someone who's already a fan of that genre because like you're saying rich it is something like oh I, i'm comfortable here i know exactly how this is all gonna go already just from saying you know, the little bit I've seen of it so far. And it's just, it is, it's absolutely comfort food playing through this thing. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Like as far as it's pulling all those things together and it's not like absolutely stumbling somewhere to make it. A lot of times you'd see something like this and be like, Oh my God, it's stealing from everywhere. It has none of its own ideas and it generally doesn't play well because of stuff like that. It plays really well. Like this, this is a really good feeling game. Um, it's fun to explore. It's fun combat in there. It's just it's just a good, solid game that so far, I think, unfortunately, is kind of taking a lot. It's greatest hits. It's very much greatest hits uh, to its benefit and its downfall, I think. Um, mm. So It doesn't have, like, a core identity. I mean, it still has the whole robot thing, but that doesn't even feel super unique considering all the other, you know... It's it's not exactly ground that is untrodden at this point. Wasn't there a Metroidvania that came out in like 2010 or 2011 for the Xbox Arcade, like my Dark Twisted Planet or something like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it was just Twisted Planet. 
Um, Twisted that, Planet was a game. I can confirm that. That is that is a Super Metroid esque game, but it's it's you're 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 flying a spaceship, so there's no gravity. It's like you're insanely it's like, twisted Shadow Planet. Insanely twisted Shadow. Yeah, that's it. It's like okay. it's, it's more. It's like a. It's that. I do remember that now. That one is more unique because it's a Metroidvania, but kind of mixed with a bullet hell. Yes. Well, that is sort of similar to um, Depths of anyway. Sanity, which I was going to save for next episode to talk about, which I've been playing for uh, all right review that came out earlier this month, where it is a, a Metroidvania where you are a submarine, so similar to the like you know. Oh yeah. Not no gravity, but you're a submarine moving through water, so obviously you can move differently than yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. But but anyway, if if you're a Metroidvania fan, you're probably playing most of them because, yeah, I mean, they're that good. They're worth. It's worth playing most of them. It's a good genre, turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is absolutely another really, really solid entry into that. Um, the thing is, I always think with Metroidvanias, people always go, "Oh, there's really not like many bad Metroidvanias," and I think that speaks to the fact that. Metroidvanias are not easy to design, so if you're going to successfully go through building one that works, it typically works out pretty well. Yeah. Yep. Like, in, unless they trip up somewhere after where I am at so far, it has been a really good, just relaxing game to, to turn on. Uh, Need one and just kind of just kind of chill out with. I, I've sure. really been enjoying it. Glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, the last game that we want to mention is the Doomy Keeper game that uh, Josh has talked about the last few weeks. It's a sex game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dome Keeper, I talked about this last week, how they had a patch that introduced a couple new features as well as a new playable character. I got, I did not have the playable character yet, but have since played a few rounds with that. Uh, I think I'm going to have to turn the difficulty back down because this new character has very different abilities and just figuring out how to even do stuff is kind of has been really rough. I've been getting mm, destroyed wow. on the harder difficulties that I've been playing on. Well, I guess if the mechanics are that Solid different, enough. it does make sense that you'd want to like, like, all right, I need to tune it down, learn yeah. how this character works. And yeah. Then I and work I, I think I really up. need to do that. Um, it seems strong, but really hard to, to like, to figure out how they all work. Um, Sure. The the first character, the you know the regular uh, engineer character, just has a regular drill to dig stuff out or whatnot. Whereas the uh, I told you the name of the character, and I can't remember it now. What, what what's the new character? Ron Jeremy. The the. <laughs> well, you did say it was a sex game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway. I I'm my brain's look at my cool starts with an That's a. how Ron Jeremy <laughs> starts with an A. But anyway, um, you're like this sort of gravity mage type character, but obviously like a techno version of that or whatever, um, who wields like gravity orbs, um, which is kind of neat. You can uh, um, like throw I these gravity you. balls that will bounce around and do damage to the the area around you, and then you can then grab uh any of the resources and like kind of throw them the direction you want to go like you can't with, with gravity yeah with gravity instead of whereas it, with the engineer you just pick them all up and they just kind of follow you around which 
there's there's a mechanic of upgrading how strong you are, how you know whatnot, so they don't slow you down, so you can carry more stuff, which mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, in this one, there's no way to upgrade that. You are very slow, to the point of almost not being able to move at all, carrying anything. So you can move it like a couple steps, and then the whole point is I'm gonna chuck this crap, uh, which kind of leads to very different gameplay. Uh, figuring out how to dig stuff out, which seems to be a lot faster, but then how to get it back up out of the ground. Um, it's very different. Um, I've I've really been enjoying it, but I, again, like I said, I'm going to have to tweak it back down because I'm kind of getting destroyed uh, by just the rest of the game going on because I'm, you know, just trying to figure out how to even control my character again. Um, which, is, like a which is fine. Like it's it yeah it, it's it's changed it's changed the gameplay up enough that it it does it feels unique. I was worried that it was gonna feel too samey. Um, but yeah, it's it's very very different of a puzzle with the uh, with the different move set. So sounds like a win to me. Mm-hmm. So do you actually get to fuck Ron Jeremy in the game or no? He fucks you. It's true. Who doesn't he fuck at this point? Uh, Probably mostly just people he's contractually obligated to fuck. Mm -hmm. It's not a very attractive man. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go on break really quick. I know quick. a thing or two about attractive men. <laughs> we'll catch you after the break. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk. That's what we're going to talk about on the back end of the show is attractive men. We'll be right back. We're going to start with the Hemsworth family and work our way up. This Sunday, Sunday. at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena, Sunday, Monster Truck Rally. That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big, tough guys. Sunday, and yours truly down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing Chop Gear. Store.swordshop.com. Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t shirts so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your sword chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to store.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slamming into each other, head over to store.swordshop.com. Store.swordshop.com this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I like titties. Hey, y'all, we're back. And we're going to do in rare form. Something that we used to do a long time ago. We're going to talk a little bit about the news. And uh, I specifically wanted to talk about this one because it's, it's kind of a rare situation where this kind of thing is happening publicly in this way. And also um, not directly involved with the three of us 
But one of our former co-hosts uh, interviewed Mick Gordon a few years back for his side podcast back when he was with Sword Chomp. And um, it, was, it was kind of a conversation that uh, Morgan and I, uh, our former co-host, we were talking about this stuff um, a lot privately when it was happening and when he did the interview. And so it, it, I don't feel like directly impacted or involved, but I feel like at the time that I, I wouldn't say I knew a ton of information or anything like that, but I, I knew about a little bit of this through Morgan having done his interview with Mick Gordon. Yeah. And so to hear about the fact that, you know, this is, you know, still an ongoing thing and as right, it should be that, um, it's been interesting. I probably wouldn't have even considered the news had Bethesda not made a very recent statement within the past 24 hours. So right. that's why we're going over this because it's it's kind of fucking <laughs> ridiculous. So it started back in uh, 2019 when fans noticed that the soundtrack to Doom Eternal sounded off. Like it was it wasn't bad. It just wasn't as high quality as 2016's Doom was, and especially considering how beloved Mick Gordon Glad that's was. that's the one I own on vinyl. And coming off the fact that, you know, Mick was fucking at the height of his game, everybody considered him a fucking god for that soundtrack, it was a little Rightfully bit bizarre. so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so a bunch of fans noticed it. And so Marty Stratton, uh, the executive producer... Uh, for Doom Eternal, penned an open letter to the Doom community on Twitter, or not Twitter, sorry, Reddit, uh, basically detailing his uh, account of the events and basically throwing Mick Gordon under the bus for Which is a, a lot super of professional thing to do. Yes. Um, basically, he said that Mick hadn't uh, held up his end of the contract. Um, was kept putting off his work and um, basically like sloughed it off as like, I'll get it done when I get it done. And so according to Marty, that basically they had to move on from Mick because the quality to what, which uh, the tracks were that he sent in weren't uh, good quality, that Mick was trying to be a prima donna, basically all sorts of shit. And it, it severely damaged Mick Gordon's reputation. Um, he he had a, a difficult time getting more jobs uh, in the field that he had started to build a name for himself in, and his credibility um, went down with those allegations. Uh, Morgan, or yeah, Morgan, um, our former co-host, had you know done an interview with Mick to talk about his soundtrack, his work, and stuff, talking more about the process than the the controversy but morgan did ask a little bit about the controversy and mick said uh, you know like i i've seen the open letter um what what is being uh, uh recounted is not entirely how it's happened but i can't legally talk about it right now and basically mick was just like he was under an nda at the time i don't know if he still yeah. is i know he was under an nda at right, the time right right exactly and so Put that off um, and until very recently, um, I think it's been almost two weeks now, where he, he himself have, has finally made a statement, um, over 10,000 words, um, with, with messages and receipts basically showing that 
here's what happened from his side of the story that basically um he was he had sent in some demos he had been trying to get a hold of people and they in fact kind of sloughed him off um and then um didn't quite pay him for the work he had done up until that point and then used his tracks without his permission um as they were not the fully finished product um basically gave it to their sound engineer or their audio engineer to work on and do and then cut Mick out of the deal essentially cut Mick out of the game damaged his reputation and then offered him um a six figure sum to keep quiet about it which he uh refused because the six the six figure sum was basically to say hey just be quiet about the situation don't say anything about it and let it go away and Mick refused and he finally decided to speak out about it plead his case show the receipts for that situation and um within i believe the past 24 hours um that bethesda came out with a statement and i'll just read this quickly uh the recent post by mick gordon both mischaracterized and misrepresented the team at id software the development of doom eternal marty stratton and chad mossholder with a one-sided and unjust account of an irreparable professional relationship we are aware of all the details and history in this matter and unequivocally support marty chad and the team at id software we reject the distortion of the truth and selective presentation of incomplete facts quote unquote we stand ready with full fake news this is one of the the most telling parts of this we stand ready and full with full excuse me we stand ready with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed uh the statements Posted online have incited harassment and threats of violence against Marty Chad and the id software team. Any threats of or harassment directed towards members of our teams will be met with swift and appropriate action to protect their health and safety. Before I finish the rest of this statement, that was another thing that Mick really stressed uh, both in, the, in his original statement a few weeks ago and multiple times on that his That he did Twitter. not want that, yeah. He said, I do not want violence incited here. I do not want any boycott or anything of that nature. There are still a ton <sighs> of wonderful developers that work there. Yeah. Um, and, and it please. is important to say that, like, he's been crystal clear in that, right? Like, he's not blaming people that worked on the game. He's saying, listen, the people at the top, like, mistreated me, and I feel it's wrong to not talk about that. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, I don't want anyone shitting on these people who've worked very hard on this project. Right. Uh, the last statement, part of the statement is, we remain incredibly proud of Id's previous collaborations with McGordon and ask that fans refrain from reaching conclusions based on his account, and more importantly, from attacking any of the individuals mentioned on either side, including Marty, Chat, or Mick. Which was kind of fucking interesting, because uh, Mick, in that post, decided to remind them of uh, the, the Doom Eternal open letter that Marty penned to the Reddit community. That's the thing that bothers me the most, right? Because you you can come out and say, like, we demean this all you want. But, like, to me, you're avidly defending someone who, who like, what Marty did in that moment is, like, so beyond unprofessional. Yeah. Like, it's, which is why, like, I find that whole process, like, disgusting. Like, that should have 
there should have been some retaliation for that because there's nothing right about what he did in that situation. Right. Like the, the thing that I think is regardless of what happened. Yes. There's nothing right about that. Right. The, mm-hmm. the, the couple of things I want to talk about here is obviously we just came off that recent controversy of the Bayonetta three voice actor stuff where people initially took her side. Then the full facts came out and then, yeah. And she you know, set pe- back the work of voice actors decades. I, right. but like mo- yeah. before let's, let's not go in on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's not go in on that or not. There's not really, no reason to, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Let's not go back to it. Yeah. Let's just move on. It's 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 hard to remain objective in this one, just simply because um, because at this point Mick has provided evidence to you know to his side of the things, and it um specifically Marty, said, we have evidence, but you can't see it. Yeah, Marty went at, after the this guy, damaged his reputation, caused him to lose business and money. And then now that he's finally defending himself three years later, they're, you know, like trying to kick him da- back down while also saying, like, we'll provide it at a, an appropriate, the, the details at, a, at an appropriate venue. Now would be it's, an appropriate time, guys. <laughs> and like the only other situation they could mean is court. Which, yeah, exactly. Are you like firing some sort of uh, are you filing some sort of defamation suit against Mick Gordon? Because if anyone, maybe he should be filing a defamation suit against you. Just saying. Right. And it makes me wonder what's happened behind the scenes other than Mick being offered a six figure sum and him rejecting it. Like, obviously, we don't need to know the finer details. Um, Not really important. Yeah. What's frustrating here is that, like, they clearly attacked him first. You know, they they, yes. they went out of their way. Um, even if fans were like, "Why? Why does the soundtrack sound objectively worse?" They could have they could have said, you know, simply like, "Mick started work on this. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to see eye to eye, so we parted ways midway through the development of this. Um, we're working our we're doing our best to work and make it as close to the excellence that Mick's, that Mick has brought. That's all they really had to say." Sure. Like, like a fucking non-burger. But of instead, a they'd be like, "You're right. It is bad, and here's whose fault it is." Right. That and that's exactly yeah. what they did, and that's fucked up. You know, like cost him years of business, um, years of doing something he loves, years of making money doing yeah, something. It, he loves. it hurt like his appearance in a very like think, the gaming industry is big, but it's also a very tightly knit community. Um, yeah. and like it hurt his chances of getting a job, which sucks because he does amazing work. Dude, like it's, it's so bizarre to me, the situation where like to go yeah. from doom 2016 to doom eternal, because like, I don't know if you guys remember that at the video game awards when he got on and he played rip and tear with, um, the drummer from, uh, periphery and, um, I can't remember the other guy who was on stage with him and he's fucking slaying on stage just stomping around with his nine string guitar. Everybody fucking, he was heralded at that point. And then, um, not to he's say he's bad not boy still, in the game. <laughs> not to say that he's not still heralded and appreciated, but he's not talked about with near as much reverence as he should be at this point. Like imagine how much better doom eternal would have been with that, with him helming the soundtrack. And, I'm not going to say that would make up for all the issues of Doom Eternal. We, we and I'm not know. saying Doom Eternal is a bad game to begin with. I, I don't think. But, I don't think uh, so either. I just hope he is given 
the opportunity to to show off his work somewhere else again because he from you know i mean like not like we're all fucking best friends but it's from what i can tell like he's seems like a decent guy who does good work and i would like to see him succeed in this industry same but like in general i'm not saying like i same as mick like i'm not trying to incite violence or threats against id software here leave that to me <laughs> like I, I i in all sincerity i'm not trying to do that i'm definitely not trying to do that um because you know there are other innocent people that would be affected by that kind of situation um but it's a bizarre situation to me that like this has been ongoing for three years and there's no accountability from the company or the devs i should say whatever you want to from id software their higher yeah. ups and um i don't know do, do you guys feel like the truth lay, lies somewhere more smack dab in the middle do you guys feel like probably closer more... to the middle but like there's a big part of me that goes the minute they like penned that open letter marty did like that is so beyond unprofessional to me that like they don't really have a like stand on like obviously mick has proof that something went down that wasn't good Either way, the relationship ended poorly, but then, like, kind of throwing him under the bus and basically being like, well, it's Mick's fault, it's bad, is... No, you don't do that. You don't do that to anyone. Yeah. That's just... That's just bad business. Yeah. That's bizarre that that was ever considered, even. Now, let's move on to the hot story of the moment. Yuji Naka, creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, has been arrested for insider trading. Thoughts? Uh, no, no, we're staying here. <laughs> I just thought it'd be topical to throw that in. Right. That happened like 30 minutes ago. I know, I know. We can discuss that in a minute. The thing is, like, the, the, the story probably ends up somewhere in the middle. Not smack dab in the middle. There has I to be a, at to least take... a kernel of truth to what both sides are saying. Well, I can't imagine yes. Bethesda would have said we have all this proof without anything. I think they at least think they have proof, but whether or not it's, you know, enough to make them actually look good, who knows? But hmm. they look up the proof and go, "No, those are those are things that Marty said." Yeah, what? that's, the, that's <laughs> exactly that's 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 the thing. I I think they think their position is really it's strong. stronger than it is. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, I I'm not gonna even say stronger than it is. It sounds like because we don't know strong because I I just don't know what it is. But yes, but that doesn't mean it given is. what we do know from. Mick's side that he's shown receipts of, I can't imagine what it would be that would make any of that look okay. Mm. So, yeah, I like even if it lies somewhere in the middle, for them to get out there and do that, like you said, Rich, is incredibly unprofessional. Like, even if it's if the story's somewhere in the middle, Mick has some wrongdoing, id software, specifically Marty, has some wrongdoing. That was incredibly unprofessional. Keep that shit behind closed doors and give a non-burger of a statement. Yeah, no, you're airing dirty laundry and doing so in a way that could could and did, I think it's fair to say did, negatively impact a man's career. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like, if it comes out that there's evidence that, you know, Mick did do some kind of wrongdoing and he was deserving of that, sure, it's possible to rectify an opinion based off a of new evidence. Um, Not for me. I have made my decision, and I, I've dug in, 
And I will I like not it. change my stance regardless of the facts that are presented for me. I like it. Uh, and the thing is, that's, that's okay to change your opinion. Um, that's why I, like, I don't want to incite any kind of violence or harassment or like I'm even saying boycott id software or anything like that because the full story isn't out. But the thing that is kind of... We should biz- boycott something. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd boycott Bethesda just for all their other you know no game I mean, releases un- unrelated we should boycott something before this podcast is over i just haven't decided oh yeah 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 it just feels like it's time it sounds yeah. like the pizza hut website but no um no i'm proud of them they're fuck them they're wearing it on their sleeve they deserve to be rewarded for that <laughs> but, boycott dominoes fuck you dominoes be more yeah. transparent well i i guess i guess the thing there is like the statement which is bizarre to me is like they they threw Mick Gordon under the bus in 2019, and at the end of this statement in 2022, suddenly they're trying to take the high road by saying like, regardless of where the story is, like please don't harass Marty or um, Mick Gordon or any of the parties involved. It's like you motherfuckers incited it. You started in 2019. This, sir. this whole operation was your idea. No, just like like well, that's enough of the mudslinging guys. But like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> like this whole he who thing. cast we've got to find the guy who did this guys yeah, we're all just trying we're to find just... the guy who did this <laughs> uh yeah it's like that's kind of what i'm saying here is that it's 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 a weird thing to me that they they cast the first stone and now they're like oh wait come on now are we really going to devolve <laughs> this window here <laughs> why well, it's the it's the uh is the classic Eric Andre, why would Hannibal do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I uh I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not trying to take sides here per se. I'm not trying to say that any one whether one side is innocent or the other side is innocent. All but I'm let's saying speculate here, wildly and come to a conclusion regardless. All I'm saying is like right now, it seems like Mick Gordon has provided his evidence for how that statement and how they handled the situation affected his career. And yeah, it'll be one thing if they can provide irrefutable evidence that Mick Gordon had some serious wrongdoings. Then I will, I will say that the, the, the 2019 letter still unprofessional, but the, the reaction, like how they handled the situation with cutting ties is pertinent i will say that if there's evidence shown of that but as of now it looks really bad and i will say that it looks really fucking unprofessional really bad um it doesn't inspire confidence that there's any kind of job security for any kind of contract contracted work there for game companies kind of scary um you know and i understand that like I you know I spoke with um people earlier this year on evoking the sublime that have existed in the community who do wonderful work and they they you know they continue to do work in the industry and I'm sure they feel some level of comfort and stability in what they do but you know this situation's definitely I I would think if I was a video game composer I would look at the situation and be like this is really fucky rocky terrain right now you know and Going forward with 
maybe like one or two minutes talking about this. In terms of like Bethesda and their multiple issues they've had over the past six, seven years, uh, the constant stumbling um, of their company uh, of doing things. This is granted, this is id Software, which is a subsidiary of Bethesda, but it doesn't look good right now that one of their subsidiaries handled the situation so poorly. It's three years later and they're still not handling it very well. And they sure aren't. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like this is this is just another fucking case against Bethesda right now, and it's you know, like it's making me less and less enthusiastic about them as a company going forward. Understandably, I think. You know, I like I'm sure there there are people out there who are still gonna be excited for Elder Scrolls 6 when that drops in 2047 mm-hmm. and uh, Fallout 5 Fallout 5 whenever that comes out but a lot of their other stuff they're doing if I see their name on it now I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant than I was already and yeah, it's, it's only going to get worse from here until they, they start righting their wrongs and this would, this would have been a good situation to right their wrongs on yeah so, um, so what you're saying is it's too late to apologize? It's too late. So, you know, now that we're, while we're talking news, Rich, go ahead, break your breaking news story. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, this is like literally breaking as we're having it. Uh, Sonic co-creator uh, Yuji Naka has allegedly been arrested in an insider trading deal. I'll just give you the quick rundown of what's happening here. Uh, a number of people in Japan, including a Square Enix employee, have been arrested on insider trading charges related to a Dragon Quest game announcement, um, and Yuji Naka is reportedly among them. Uh, the entire thing is centered around a studio called Aiming, which in 2020 was announced as the developer of a new Dragon Quest game called Tact. Uh, last night, it was alleged that 38-year-old Square Enix employee Tasuk Sazaki, who's worked on uh, games for Square for a few years, knew about the deal before it was publicly announced and along with a friend purchased a ton of shares in aiming, hoping to profit when their share price presumably went up. And apparently Yuji Naka is amongst those who were brought in on this deal. Huh. You know, I don't care. Nor should you. Not, not because it's not (laughs) a good thing because frankly, the way they made money was by finding patsies. That's that's how the stock market works. But also, that's just how the stock market works. Like, insider trading is fucking stupid that it exists, but the trading itself is fucking stupid that it exists. Um, anyway, we need to end capitalism to, uh, <laughs> to avoid this in the future. Uh, agreed. Sorry, guys, I was working on this while we were talking, so here you go in the chat. Uh-huh. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think id Software would have been the better one there if that works. Yeah, it works either way. It's the Eric Andre yeah. image with Eric can that, Andre. Can that be the, uh, the image of the show? <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. I think it's fitting. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Fucking news, man. Fucking news. 
Um, yeah. We got to enjoy it before Quitter. Quitter. That's a good name. Twitter closes it's down. It's not Quitter. as clever as you think it is, Dad. Mm-hmm. Fuck. It was an accident. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, the longer you like think on it, you're like, yeah, it's a total dad joke. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, also coming to the Sword Chomp store, uh, release, uh, release Naka t-shirts. <laughs> Free Naka. <laughs> yes. It's going to be Sonic the Hedgehog in a jail cell. Yep. Um, well, let's get to the Patreon shoutouts before we get out of here. Um, sure thing, I- Pop. I want to say thank you. Uh, oh my god. This is important. Sandwich. Uh, Should I not do that the whole? I'd prefer you didn't. I mean, every time you reference that show, more, and more, people are gonna, more and more people are going to realize that we have no taste. What are you talking about? What show? Yeah, you said that show didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Good. Tongues are weird. Look at this. So you admit it exists. Anyways, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap our tongues around this. Uh, Patreon shoutouts. Thank you to... <laughs> thank you to Sandwich, to Bernadette, to Cy, to Beefy Gamers, Josh L, the Zombie, Tani, and a fan favorite around here, Mr. Frederick Pussy Whiskers. Thank you so much. It's a classic. Thank you so much for supporting us uh, um, with your hard-earned money, keeping the lights on here at Sword Chomp. Um, truth be told, if I could have a giant Thanksgiving dinner, um, I would love to have one with all the patrons and you guys as in the hosts as well. I mean that sincerely. I was thinking about it Even yesterday. in his fantasies, I have to prepare the meal, right? Well, you look so cute with an apron. I mean, that's fair. I can wear my blow-the-cook apron. I like that. (laughs) But no, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, man, I haven't had a good Thanksgiving dinner in years, being here Mm -hmm. in Japan. And honestly, I was looking at at our... uh, More like Thanksgiving. Patreon list and like our patrons there. And I I was like, man, I would love to just have like a good Thanksgiving dinner with all those people. Would be nice. Yeah. What, What fast food do you pick up for Thanksgiving? there is it still kfc still kfc that's for that's for christmas i know that's for christmas Uh, that's that was i think that was the joke he was getting at yeah yeah but no i uh i honestly am thinking about just like making myself a small thanksgiving dinner like homemade stuffing some mashed potatoes go for it sounds nice mashed potatoes i don't have an oven here so like i gotta get creative Mm. Mm. so i can't i don't think i can make pie without an oven no that's kind of a vital Mm. I'm actually thinking about seeing like if you could my, my job hmm. my job has an oven like in their their yeah, culinary that's rooms. That's probably the easiest way to do it because those transport easily, but other than that, uh you could get a Dutch oven and uh you know just use that to cook on a stovetop. You could... Shay and I are both like trying to think of a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, something about shitting on pie. Something about... Come on, Dutch oven. Yeah. Dutch oven. Yeah, you well, want most me to of those cook a pie with my farts? Uh, like damn a, it. <laughs> a standard pie. You'd have to do some sort of free form yeah. pie crust deal. Which I'd love to cook the pie in a Dutch oven, but I'd have to make all those beans first. <laughs> <laughs> the beans, the broccoli, and the milk. Uh. 
<laughs> That's a callback. Mm-hmm. It is to the very beginning of the show. But no, in all sincerity, uh, to the patrons out there, I would I would have a Thanksgiving dinner with all of you there if I could. Um, mm-hmm. Give you all a big wet kiss. Mm. Consensually. <laughs> and I gotta make sure you guys have all had COVID tests. And you guys yeah, I'm gonna need to actually see a lot of your medical history before that happens. <laughs> I need to know your blood type. Yeah. I need to know your your uh, anus circumference, if your possible. Measure- just measurements in general. <laughs> Please, and thank you. Um, the Speaking of which... I'm not looking forward uh, to all these emails. Speaking of which, what is this segue? <laughs> but no, before we get... <laughs> Before we go, uh, I want to mention that we are going to be taking next week off of the Chompcast. We're we're going to be taking a week off. Um, you will see something pop up in the feed next week. Uh, as per we were just talking about, we are doing a CAD spur of the moment thing that we are for sure going to be doing. Oh, God. Uh, that 100% is happening, by the way, for next I week. Be- I believe you. But um, we're going to be taking a week off from the Chompcast. The week after that, we will be doing our Game of the Year shows. Um, so hopefully you guys are excited for that. Uh, those are some of the... How is it that... Yeah, I know. What? I know. I know. What? I'm tired. <sighs> yeah. I know. Yeah. So there, there's some of the most like the exciting special shows that we do every year. So I'm uh, really excited to get into those. Um, Excited for you guys to hear it and everything. So, yeah, just be just be ready. They're coming. Excuse me. They're coming. Uh-huh. Happy Honda days. E Honda. E E Honda's awesome. Everybody loves E Honda, as everyone should. But um, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you so much for checking out the show. If you liked the show and you want more content from us, head over to SoreChomp.com where we have access to a bunch more podcasts. Um, we, we do four different podcasts, this being the main one. So you can check those out there. We have an article section where we write articles about the various games we've been playing. We also, and there's a ton of stuff up there right now. Hell yeah, there is. What's the most recent thing? My review of This Way Madness Lies from Z-Boy Games is up just as of a few short days ago. Um, that is a game I talked about last week. Nine ninety nine, a little RPG from Z Boy Games that is fucking top notch. Go read about it. Go get mm-hmm. yourself that game. Uh, check that out. Also, um, we have a merch store, store.sorchomp.com. You can check it out there, or um, just you know, click it straight from the site. And also, last but not least, as you heard, we do have a Patreon. If you're interested in that, head over to Patreon.com/swordchomp. I want to say thank you very much again to the patrons. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank each and every one of you. Um, we love you guys. And uh, I love you, Josh and Rich. And thank you guys for being Aww. here. I love you too, random citizen. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for checking out the show. We will be back here technically in two weeks for another uh, Chompcast we'll talk about episode. Pokemon probably. So that'll be fun. We're, it's game of the year. Yeah, Pokemon, exactly. <laughs> Pokemon Legends? Atreus. Just kidding. I feel like, uh, time permitting, which it won't be, we should make time to talk about Pokemon. Maybe we can do, like, a side thing of that, you know? We'll see, we'll see. I got a lot, of, I'm pretty busy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll take care. I like and, to throw uh, out ideas and then pretend I'm too busy to do that. Yeah. Uh, take care, everyone, and uh. That's what we say. Give them the old one.